Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and this week it was revealed that Triple H is interested in bringing in Matt Hardy. They'd be interested in Brother Nero, but he's still waiting on the CD deal that TNA promised him years ago. Wait until he finds out that the deal is three for the price of two on Dixie Carter's Conway Twitter collection. I'm Carl Jones, a man who's never vacationed on a nudist beach, a man who would never buy a hooker for anyone other than himself, and a man who's thankful that not all glass ceilings have been shattered. Grime. Sleaze. Filth. Hi, I'm Kieran O'Rourke, and no, I'm not talking about Carl Jones' underpants. I'm talking about this week's show. Bring it on, motherfucker. And I'm G. John Chase. You really think I wasn't going to come here tonight? You really think I was going to allow these guys to talk about how Macho Man slipped him and Slim Jim into stepping man's vagina? Come on, shame on you all. This is the panel for the 98 Squared Circle Gazette Radio, and you can hear us talk about wrestling urban legends and the sleaze thread next. Hello everyone and welcome to the 98th Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside G. John Chase. Hello. Kieran O'Rourke. And Old Man Jones. Evening. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we are back around this table for a very interesting show this week. As you heard off the top, we're here to talk about wrestling urban legends and of course the sleaze thread being a main contributor to this. Uh, After a couple of weeks of, of fairly journalistic analysis of the Monday Night War that you can go back and listen to in the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com talking uh, September and October of 98 the Monday Night War uh, timeline that we've been doing for the last several months uh, we're here this week instead to take a uh, bit more of a TMZ or TMZ I suppose approach to a wrestling analysis wild irresponsible speculation around the Oaken table this evening lads by the end of the podcast I'm going to be up to me nuts and guts <laughs> <laughs> and not only that but of course the beers are, are, are open already so we can already tell the difference in philosophy There is a lot of, uh, of stories that uh, are here for us to talk about today. We're not going to get to all of them just because there's 450 and I don't think we're going to be able to get to that many in this uh, short amount of time. As we try, we're going to try and get to as many as we can. Uh, we, of course, have also reached out to you, the loyal listeners, on uh, some of the forums on the Facebook page to get your thoughts. And, uh, of course, if you haven't heard us before, as we said before, our archives are at squaredcirclegazette.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes to make sure you never miss a show. Uh, or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scgradio. Uh, the Sleaze Thread, gentlemen, created over a decade ago go on the Death Valley Driver message board. Lots of interesting stories. Today we're going to talk about whether or not we believe they're true, try and debunk some, maybe uh, kind of justify some as being perhaps legitimate. We'll see. Start with a couple of uh, just you know, some gentle ones that ease us into the sleeves here, I feel. Number one on the sleeves third list, Kevin Sullivan spends his vacations at a nudist colony. Take that image throughout the day. I can believe that. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? He practically wears next to nothing anyway. In the ring? wrestles, yeah. Mm. He just wears pants and boots, so... It's literally maybe another ten seconds well, away. It's like that gear is saying he's like he doesn't want to wear clothes. You think so? He's like he's literally even in his workplace, which is the wrestling ring. Yeah, he's you know he's wearing as little as possible. <laughs> so I think more than just I think this isn't sleaze. I think this is maybe some kind of psychosomatic. Uh, what do you think inclination about inclination? Well, to this, be my, nude. my theory to whether or not this is true. Because if he had something to, to, if he had something impressive to be naked about, that would explain why he walks the way he does. <laughs> but that's because that's like yeah. But in that case, all midgets would have like would have massive cocks. So. <laughs> they, they, they all waddle. Well, let's start as we mean to go on. Yeah. He officially establishing that uh, Kevin Sullivan is a midget now. Is that? Well, he walks like one. He does walk. Oh god, he does. Yeah. I I don't 
understand why you're posing this as a question. I didn't really think this was still a debatable topic. <laughs> I thought the consensus was in on Kevin <laughs> Sullivan in this fight. A uh, couple in a row here involving wildfire Tommy Rich. <laughs> uh, Tommy Rich soaked his balls in a beer mug full of hydrogen peroxide. I guess to bleach his nuts the same colour as his hair. Well, I guess it was what Jim Barnett wanted. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe um, again, it's a kayfabe thing, you know. Kayfabe was big in the 80s, you know, the curtain matching the drapes. <laughs> this might have been a fireball offence by Bill Watts, I'm not sure, back well, in the day. Well, it doesn't match the curtains. <laughs> Perhaps so. I'm just trying to come up with any theory why this might, why someone would, would possibly come up with this. I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, it's too early in the show to go and talk about, like, Nut-shaven habits, really. But is that maybe where he got Wallfire from as a name? Left the peroxide yeah, on too long. Yeah, burning <laughs> sensation. <laughs> got the itch. Well, you mentioned Jim Barnett before. Uh, Tommy Rich did some favours for Jim Barnett in exchange for the NWA world title. Is a suggestion number four on this list. He sure did, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, so it must be true. Yeah, is, is that the way we're going? <laughs> That's the way I'm going. <laughs> That's just the way I'm operating. <laughs> like, if, you, if you believe it, it's true. Well, That's good old JR sort of on occasion makes the insinuation doesn't he on his podcast so you know he'd have been around at that time JR's generally got some credibility I think it's true I think I remember hearing that uh, the Sheik Ed Farhatton had walked in on the or at least saw the antics I don't know if that's got is any Sheik either way, is Sheik not, not Iron Sheik this is, oh, this is the, the, Sheik. the original oh, the Sheik, Sheik. Oh, okay. that's a different um, not yeah. Iron Sheik <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about this it was, very, it was very short NBA title reign didn't last long beating Harley Race and there was a justification for it I guess maybe Tommy Rich didn't last long. well maybe that's why maybe that's why but uh, he did he, you know, he, he did beat Harley Race he was very very popular at the time so for, for the rest of the podcast if something's short we're going to make a reference to the word short can we just call it a Sullivan there? Okay, mm. a Sullivan. Okay. Does this not strike you, fellas? We've been, we've been, we've had our uh, kind of dalliances with the uh, outside fringes of the indie wrestling world at one time or another. Does this not sound like a rumor that somebody would make up because they're pissed that Tommy Rich got the belt? Yes, but it also sounds like it could be true. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is the deli of a pickle we're about yeah. right now. Tommy Rich does strike me as a very sleazy guy. I've heard stories yeah. about Tommy Rich yeah. going into a restaurant and trying to con fans. I need to get a, a burger for my baby, and you know, basically getting fans to buy him food. And of course, he doesn't have a son. He's just he's just copying free burgers from these fans. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing that we're dealing with here with Tommy Rich. And just his general appearance during the FBI days. Well, there's yeah, a, there, yeah, there's oh. a sleaze element to it when you look at him there. So here's a good one here. Number four fifty four. Jake Roberts was prone to travelling with a big pink dildo in his gear bag for himself. Did he call that Damien as well? <laughs> Revelations, maybe. <laughs> now, for himself... Yes. See, for him, if you say... I could see him carrying one round in case the whoers he mm. would be hiring yeah. didn't have one. Yeah. Two at a time with toys. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Two at a time with toys. And with the toys is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can see him carrying one round in reserve, just in case. For himself, eh, I don't really buy that myself. If, if he's drunk enough that night... Did enough coke? Well, maybe, you just, you maybe, the snake? maybe he snorted the coke off the dildo. <laughs> Is it the device to her? Yeah. At the end of the day, he basically incriminated himself, didn't he? He did. That, you know, it, it's on tape. We've all seen Beyond the Mat. So what, what more Is that his own words? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had to break Bruiser Brody's legs to fit him in a cheap Puerto Rican casket. I guess we won't be advertising that, by the way, in the uh, timeshare leaflet, the shopping stars. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't know about this one. This just seems like it's a bit far-fetched for my liking. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on this one on the basis that I would imagine, you know, if we're talking about cheap and Puerto Rican, if they're being that cheap, they're not going to go for the casket. They'd just throw them in the ground. 
<laughs> I don't see a leg breaking. I think he could easily dislocate. Like, I think he could easily dislocate his knees. Mm, uh, see, you wouldn't need to break his legs. Yeah. It's, it's a good. It's a good. Puerto Rico is a dive. This is what they do. They, they, sta- they stabbed Brody and then they that, broke um, his legs. Yeah, yeah. Was he actually was he buried in Puerto Rico? Or I got a feeling he was actually cremated. I should look into this. Have just folded him. Folded him over. <laughs> just <laughs> How deep is the coffin? Here we go. Virgil got a job by unleashing his hose on Pat Patterson's desk. This is true. Um, this this is also jelly porn on the FOW board says Virgil definitely got his job by unleashing his hose on Pat Patterson's desk. I believe it 100%. <laughs> uh, this, this strikes me... Uh, you know, there's plenty of Patterson stories, Carl. This is half your material this today, I should add. But this whole thing, the, the, the Virgil allegation, this strikes me as like... Remember that episode of Smackdown when Stacey danced for Vince to get the secretary job? Oh, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, like Patterson just at his desk and Virgil just slams it down and, and Patterson thunders, you're hired, Virgil. I don't think it works that way, you know? This this just seems like a little I, bit of a, no, a bad one for Pat. But, but like, in the words of... Mike Myers in Boogie Nights. No, it wasn't Boogie Nights. Oh, damn it, I was going to do it. What's the film? Oh, uh, it's you, oh. 54. 54. And the guy walks in, and Mike Myers is, plays a gay character, and the character walks in and pulls down his trousers and sits... Uh, I think it might be Wahlberg, actually. Maybe it's yeah. not. Anyway, and the character goes, go on, get on with it. He wants a job, and he's off. He's yeah. pulling down his trousers for Myers to suck his dick. And Mike Myers correctly points out, shouldn't you be sucking my dick? And that's my point here. Yeah. Shouldn't The Verge be sucking Pat's dick? I'm not saying there's no again. I don't want us to delve into uh, one speculation. Here. The, the, the the allegation is that he just simply slapped the knob on the desk. What? I don't see what's up. Is well, he saying it, this is like a promise or? I don't know. Was it a threat? Like, well, that's going to hurt. Perhaps, maybe, you know? maybe, maybe it's it's just a case of if did this start after all the uh, unseemliness with the ring boys and. <laughs> Mel Phillips and I think, and the sort of thing that's just spiraled from there. Because, the, Terry, the Terry Garvin yeah, because, School of Self Defense. Yeah, because, yeah. because that happened. Oh well, we can we can start something about Virgil here, and you know, let's yeah. try and get him out of the. Plus, there's the stereotype, and apparently it's true of Virgil having a rather large hose. I mean, what was? I mean, I, I look past this conversation to like the logistics of how you'd actually hired like. Patterson go to McMahon and say we need to hire this this talented super. Why is that Pat? Exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why now, Pat? I just sense it. It's it's just kind of strange because uh, I, di- I didn't even think of this as a myth necessarily. I always just kind of, for some reason, always just thought it's true. Uh, mainly, <laughs> mainly just because I'm always kind of wondering how Virgil got a job in the first place. I guess the kind of the, the kind of plot hole in this is how the hell did he get a job in uh, in WCW? I guess because Patterson wasn't around then. All, all I kind of think is that there's truth in it. I think there's truth. I think there's truth to the extent. I don't think he. I don't. I think he whipped his dick out, but I don't think he whipped it onto the table. I think it was more like Boogie Nights at the end of Boogie Nights when Dirk Diggler unzips, whips his thing out and then looks at the, well he's looking at the mirror but in this case he's looking at Patterson and says I am a superstar <laughs> and then and then tucks it back in and then walks out and that's what happened. Hmm. No dick on the table but look what I am I'm, I'm a superstar. I'm a star. This is what's happening Maybe that was what happened Thank God you got us folks um, <laughs> Let's get to a few now uh, in a row here Kerry Von Erich really had his foot amputated because he thought he could walk across the room on his just surgically repaired foot for a cheeseburger thus crushing it uh, A coked up Kerry and Kevin were once playing with a saw blade in the back ha- uh, hallways at the sportatorium Kerry saw a cat so he threw the saw blade at it and killed it uh, and Kerry Von Erich sees a cat in the All Japan locker room decides to put the iron claw on and kills the poor kitty so uh, a few in a row here of the Von Erichs <laughs> hmm. 
Card Eye on the UK fan film. True, says, by the way. On, you reckon? All Von Erich rooms are true, yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of the, the consensus here. Is that Ramsey, actually, on the, uh, the DVD VR message board, I uh, threw this on for their comment since they, they brought this uh, thing to life. I doubt nothing that's said about the Von Erich boys. Lots of coke, lots of looking the other way from a powerful daddy, and at least in Kerry's case, not a lot of IQ. Uh, make a hell of a toxic <laughs> yeah. mess. Uh, Card Eye on the UK fan film says, The one with Kerry Von Erich having to have his foot amputated because he tried to walk out to get a cheeseburger <laughs> had me corpsing when I first read it. I think it's fairly obvious it's one of the more blatantly bullshitty ones, but the thought of the stone twat trying to hobble across the room to get his munchy fix had me creasing. Also, staying on the theme of the Von Erics, the multiple references of cat killing, including Kerry killing one where by throwing a circular saw blade at us, had me chuckling. Sick man. Uh, Thunderplex on the UK fan form says, as far as I know, it's true. Not sure if he went for a cheeseburger, uh, but the fact that he had to put... But by that means he's read it on this thread. <laughs> uh, the fact that he had to put too much pressure on his just repair foot uh, caused enough damage to result in the amputation and uh, Gat saves a 159 on the FOW board says the various ones that deal with Kevin Von Erich doing stupid shit while high on coke are probably my favourite so the Von Erichs you, you're, you're quick to rush to judgement here Kieran you're going all in on this right I don't think I feel like I was uh, quick to judgement I feel I've taken all the information on board and made a sound solid judgement analysis unlike G in the last court case so I hear <laughs> <laughs> so I, I should add Raven and Honky Tonk Man did a uh, shoot interview a while back where they went through this and this is one that Raven actually said he believes is true on the basis that Kerry Von Erich was a very good shot putter <laughs> so therefore it would have good aim <laughs> with a saw blade <laughs> what more do you need uh, it would be more discus it would totally different techniques oh, it, was, it, it, might have been, actually, it might have been the discus that he, was, that he threw that makes sense yeah, I, I was, think it was the discus it, it was the discus because if you remember Kevin says that he threw good enough to be in the Olympics that year and would have won oh, if it hadn't been for Jimmy right. Carter god damn you Jimmy Carter Hist- yeah. history's greatest monster <laughs> yeah I know uh, here's another a very popular one Steve Lombardi is slash was Pat Patterson's secret lover true mm. false 100% secret. oh, oh. Yeah, okay, that's it's all in the wording, yeah. Mm. Well, actually, I thought that Pat Patterson only came out recently at Legends House, so this can't be true, surely, Carl. Surely to God. Yeah, apparently, he only came out at Legends House, yet in his podcast with Austin that was recorded, what, three or four weeks ago, Mm? he made it clear that everyone knew that (laughs) that his living partner used used to go to all the territories with him, and all the guys in the Legends House knew before he said it, but it just... if. I'm paraphrasing, but it's just good to get it off his chest. Uh, back in 1988 or 89 at one of the shows the fair had rented rooms in two different hotels both directly across from each other anyway Bret Hart tipped the roommate of Pat Patson's uh, room to keep the drapes open just to see what was going on and that night Hacksaw and Neidhart Bret and maybe two or three other guys witnessed Steve Lombardi come into the room uh, Patson rammed Lombardi up the poop chute and then turned him around and have him blew him afterwards uh, Hacksaw said he puked after seeing that and the faces around this table right now are probably akin to what was on the faces Allegedly, of Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, and Hacksaw yeah. Jim Duggan. Yeah, the, the way that they, this story is told. <laughs> yeah, come on! It was sometime in 88 or 89. There were three people there, but there could have been some more. DJ Convoy on the FOB board says Kamala, Kamala memorably confirmed number 11, which is the, uh, the, the Lombardi Patsen one. So uh, if Kamala said it's true, I, I would assume <laughs> it was on more than one occasion, so there's probably more than one incident. Yeah. It's undoubtedly true. This is it though. That's Brett said anything about this. I don't know. If that's that's really Brett's, Brett's pretty kind of like uh, quite, you know he, he keeps everything he on. Did. He, he would tell. He would have said this. Yeah. Stuff. In yeah. his book, he was good friends with Pat. 
He also in his book he does say that after he wrestled at Lombardi, he figured out that Lombardi was Patterson's boy. So uh, he kind of leaves it at that. But uh, again, it, it is one of those things where again, it's, it's kind of why the, I mean the jokes on television, like we said before, the the the, the Pat Patterson School of Self Defense. You know, he's Monsoon and the Go yeah, Behind in '92 for Christ's sake. Exactly. I mean, they were referencing it on television, so that's where it becomes a not so secret. Let's get to one of the bigger ones here, and one of the ones that we've referenced several times here at SCG Radio. Uh, number twelve, the Rock and Roll Express walk in on uh, Jimmy Valiant laying on the floor, jerking off under a glass table that a hooker is shitting on. Uh, Ricky throws up and. Leaves Leaves while Robert stays to watch. <laughs> now, was Robert really watching though? Do we know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. His one eye tried to force itself away. <laughs> That's what happened. Can't take it anymore. <laughs> Monkey had a great reply to this where he's just like, I don't think Ricky would have left. <laughs> <laughs> but he did love the rats. He did. <laughs> Uh, just to get some feedback on this one, this is a very, very popular myth, perhaps the most popular in the whole list. Mike Honcho on the UK fan forums is the one about the skank taking a shit on the glass top table with someone underneath wanking off. Epic, epic. Um, Suplex Sin on the UK fan forums says the jobby on the table crops up a few times. Jericho has commented on the Germans getting wrapped up in cling film and being shat on, so I guess this must be true. Uh, it's unusual, but I suspect it's probably true given normal doesn't apply in wrestling and it happened to a bandmate when we were in Moscow. <laughs> That's a tenuous link if ever I've heard one. Chardcore on the UK fan form says, Make that another vote for the Rock and Roll Express with a glass table and the hooker shitting on it. Reminds me of the sort of actions a cracked up Jake said in Beyond the Mat about how a normal sex life is impossible on the road. (laughs) (laughs) He's got his pink (laughs) dildo, so it's alright. Bearing in mind his role model for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Grizzly. (laughs) What I want to know is, like, when broaching a prostitute over this very <laughs> I got an idea. specific request. <laughs> Samo on the DVD board says the, Jim- <laughs> the Jimmy Valiant glass table story is my favourite. If not for the uh, the glass bottom boat tours gift that's floating on the DVD board for a while. Uh, Crowbro on the FOW board says the glass table one, I don't care if it's fake. Uh, VBV20 on the FOW board says that of all the items, people seem to go along with the Jimmy Valiant glass table one, despite it being the most easily debunked, since it was word for word a rumour once attributed to Danny Thomas. Which actually, I looked into it, and that is true. It was actually, it's, it's a widespread rumour in uh, Hollywood that Danny Thomas is the person that was caught doing this, and it's a. I am not. So you tell me this, this old guy then? He was underneath the table, and then the rock and roll press. <laughs> <walked in. laughs> one table, one man. This that isn't makes sense at all. This isn't Jimmy Valiant's room. No, I, I'm definitely going with Val- <laughs> I'm going with Valiant on this one because think about this. He's he's so white trash. Mm. How much you know? Look, I remember how skinny and anorexic he was looking in his later years. Oh yeah. Fucker didn't eat after he saw this the shitting on the table. No, well, I could, so I what could. happened? There's plenty of stories of uh, Jimmy Van. Bobby Heenan hates him. I just think he's the most low, low, bra- low down white trash guy there is. But he tattooed the word handsome on his son's forehead when he was a little kid. Not, not a very, not a very liked individual by many people. Bob Holly138 on the TPWW board says a, a bit over a year ago, someone in a locker room asked Jimmy Valiant about the table shitting hooker with the rock and rolls walking in. Jimmy stood up, got a mad look on his face, and said, Brother, I am tired of all these lies and half truths about me on the internet. It was the Midnights that walked in. <laughs> so maybe you can call that one confirmed, he says. So uh, thank you for the input there. I quite like that, yeah. Unofficial confirmation. Well, that's interesting, because now if you're looking at that story and he's saying it's the Midnights, who do you think stayed and who do you think left? Oh, oh I, I mean, that makes it tougher. 
Lane, I can imagine kind of being a bit of a freak. Yeah, <laughs> Eaton, Lane would stay. Eaton's got the weak stomach, apparently, so I can see Eaton throwing up, and Stan's kind of being intrigued. Uh, Pantsless Yoda 1 on the F4W board says the key takeaway is that ECW Mexico and WCCW were terribly wonderful or wonderfully terrible places to be in the 80s and 90s. Uh, his favourite is Dusty Rose got Baby Doll fired because he was pissed that she married near job as Sam Houston instead of him. Uh, this would be interesting to hear more about, he says. Dusty seemed to be on the ego trip to end all ego trips in the mid 80s, and it's blatantly obvious watching him on the TV shows when you know he's the guy in charge behind the scenes. So uh, apparently, uh, this is true. I don't know if it's got to do with the fact that she married Sam Houston apart from him, but the belief is that uh, since Sam Houston was a bottom guy and Dusty didn't like the fact that the top guy, or top girl I suppose, baby mm-hmm. doll, was uh, associating with a lower ranked individual, although it does scream that deep down Dusty was just jealous. Mm. So, I don't know, what do you think about this one? It does sound like the kind I, of petty shit you get. I, I was going to say, I, I, could, I could believe it given, um, and yeah, I love me some Dusty Rose, but D- Dusty at his, at his worst from an ego standpoint, I, I could see him being that petty and almost any booker in the same situation with that mindset b- being just that petty no no. I mean my mindset there has to be some kind of personal investment in this I mean it wouldn't be just because she was dabbling with a, a, a lower rung guy there must have been some kind of a personal desire rejection you must have been uh, yeah, fantasising and dreaming if you will I mean if, if, if you sort of listen to one of, one of Cornette's shits where he almost intimates that Half the locker room at one point just sort of are almost falling over. I'd, I'd kind of state it as true just because when you think of any kind of legit love triangle that's been in wrestling, uh, I don't think any of them have been uh, amicable in any way, shape, or form. There's always been uh, shit hitting the fans. So I think anytime you kind of hear. Uh, uh, you know, a love triangle, it's true. Uh, it's gets another relationship that didn't end uh, very well either. Jimmy Snooker killed his girlfriend and played the innocent savage in front of the police while Vince did the talking for him. Okay. The truth has come out finally at last. Isn't that amazing? He's though? going down! Ten years ago this was an, a wrestling urban legend and now it's like yeah. in court again. It's going full bore and it's actually looking like it was probably legitimate from, from uh, yeah. all accounts. Irv Mushnick. God bless Irv Mushnick. Yeah, Give that man a Pulitzer. <laughs> Did very well. Yeah, the stories have all come out now. A lot of people at the time kind of debunked this, thinking, "Well, Snick yeah. is a nice guy, you know." Yeah. But uh, we should all cry for Argentino. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Fuck it. <laughs> no, I'm leaving that in. There's no point censoring anything on this show. This one. <laughs> Uh, Noid on TPWW form says Jimmy Snooker murdering people and Vince possibly helping cover it up uh, would you put it past Vince that's about as dark as wrestling goes until I read later in the thread that Hogan and Zeus were supposedly scheduled to headline Mania 6 we'll call that a wash <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so v- Vince uh, Vince in the briefcase Vince walking into the police office with a briefcase and all of a sudden everything's better in Snooker's words uh, Snooker being asked in a shoot interview if he wants to talk about what happened with that girl in the hotel room and he just went no bruh I don't <laughs> Well, what does that tell you? You know, you probably couldn't remember. No, of course so. you can't. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, you can't remember anything. Uh, Raven got caught in a hotel room with Becky Bailey at age fourteen, which is true. true. He did. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was true. Yeah. Is that, yeah he's, when, he's, when was that again? Uh, two thousand, something like that. Yeah. So when he was in ECW the second go around. Yeah. I can't remember where it was off like a Raven. Oh, Raven's Raven, a three Raven, Raven, uh, <laughs> uh, Was it one of his shooting? Yeah, it's him and yeah, 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 it's, it's him and Sandman talking about. It. He basically oh, just said. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, which is a great shoot interview yeah, by the way that's yeah. a sleeves third in itself yeah. but uh, yeah this, so this one he basically admits that uh, it was uh, Amber Gertner Joel Gertner's soon to be wife uh, and Becky Bayless in his hotel room he swears that he was innocent because apparently the cops came in and uh, busted them both and uh, they took him to separate rooms and he had the exact same story that nothing happened and how they met and what the deal was and they let him go mm. Mm. so there you go 
Butch Reed has pissed on the carpet and or furniture of every motel he's ever stayed in. Hmm. Intentionally? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was called the natural for a spell. This may be why. Maybe uh, yeah, one of his inside nicknames. When nature calls, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Johnny Valentine would take a dump and strategically place it where it couldn't be found easily in hotel rooms, like in the inside of bedposts. I could see that one. There's a difference between pissing and pooing when it comes to hotel vandalism. Mm, okay. <laughs> you, you, you've seen your fair share of torn up hotel rooms, I'm sure, Kieran. Now, analyse this for us, please. Well, you see... The pissing happens by accident when you're drunk, as you well know, Liam, from earlier in, in, our, in our lives, when I accidentally mistake, mistook that wooden chair for a, a toilet. That <laughs> was fantastic! What a fantastic story that was! Anyway, um, <laughs> however, a poo is a lot more strategical. If you're going to do some hotel damage, you go the poo every time. Well, this is something... Johnny Valentine <laughs> is very well known for having an affinity for fecal ribs. Uh, which is not a meal that you can get at Tony Romans or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's you know, it, this is this is something that he would do a lot. He would, he, he would shit in people's bags, he would do stuff like this. So I, I completely believe this is true. We'll move on to another good one here. Sid Vicious had a squirrel that he took with him everywhere. Two wrestlers, and I'm pretty sure one of them was Arn Anderson, bet him that he couldn't keep the squirrel down his pants for a whole minute. Vicious accepted the challenge and stuck it down his pants. After about 30 seconds, the squirrel bit a very sensitive area. Uh, Vicious fell down in pain and crushed the squirrel. He needed a rabies shot and stitches on the genitalia. here. <laughs> now, now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. All, that's all true. It's all true, and if it isn't true... I'm gonna pray until it is. Anything, anything that's to do with Sid, it needs to be true, because the world will be a better place. Famine will disappear. No more war. You know, it's 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 it's, it's got to be true, quite frankly. But in fairness, it's like, can't have a guess. Uh, you said sensitive area where he's bit. Do you think it, now? Do you think it was the balls or the bell end or the gooch? There's more balls there. I, I I can't go along with this. No, you don't believe no, it. No, no. If a man loves a squirrel so much, he's gonna take it on the road. He's not going to put it down his pants. <laughs> That's why he's on the road. No. Don't, don't besmirch a relationship a man can have with a squirrel limb just because he takes one. He doesn't have to put him down his pants or up his bum like Richard Gere did, probably. <laughs> just, you know. Tiger Rick Companionship. On the, companionship. Tiger Rick on the UK fan forum says his favourite has to be the story with Sid travelling around with a squirrel that he put down his pants for a bet and got bitten on the dick. Sid ended up with stitches and tetanus on his knob. Sid has always appeared to be thick as thick shit. <laughs> A squirrel trying to get some nuts. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was true. Sid jumped to a squirrel and the squirrel didn't even have scissors. I said that. I said the squirrel didn't even have scissors. <laughs> this is a great pat on the back to Bischoff. Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says, "If you think of that great song, Thing Called Love by Johnny Cash, think of this moment in time. Six foot nine, he stood on the ground. He weighed three hundred and thirteen pounds. But I saw that giant of a man brought down to his knees by." Nope, not love, a squirrel. Yes, everyone's favourite guilty pleasure, Sid Vicious being bit on the tadger by a squirrel <laughs> that dropped to his knees and crushed the bull rodent to death is so spectacularly ludicrous, yet so believable. <laughs> because, well, it's Sid. If he wasn't stuffing half the cast of animals of farthing wood down his tights, he was filling them with shit during the main event of WrestleMania 13. <laughs> the other uh, nomination for Sid here in the sleaze thread, so that segues, I suppose. True or false? This has always been a little bit far-fetched to me, but... Uh... Yeah, because I... I would have expected, although, oh, actually no, maybe, I, I was going to say, if he'd really shit in his trunks, 
during the main event, you'd have maybe seen some like sort of appearing from from the, and you don't see any of that. However, they do very quickly after Undertaker wins go to the sort of lighting effects and so you know mm. maybe it's done for a reason. So he can quickly scurry oh, away. How would they communicate that to Kevin Dunn? <laughs> Smell. <laughs> I, I want this to be true because trying to see the, see the image of it, right? You immediately think. Right, that because he shit himself, that he's absolutely laid a log. Right, that he's absolutely shit himself. And so, like, as he's living up a tombstone, you're just going to see this massive bulge in the rear of his pants that makes him look like Lois Einhorn in Ace Ventura. So, so right. are, you, are you insinuating that it was more of a, what we call a green apple splat? I, I, I don't think I, I, I don't think it was a massive log. I don't think it was a log because because it'd be too noticeable. I don't think it was anything uh, um, liquid based because you definitely would have saw it. It was just like just a small nugget that came out and enough that like it wasn't wasn't visible. No, it's don't just pop out. No, no, this is a square. He thought he was just got a little bit of a little bit of gas coming out and oops. I'm not buying this one. Uh, no, Liam, if Gary Lineker can, can shoot himself in the 1990 World Cup semi-final against G- West Germany, he still and he, and, he, and he he had to like wipe it. Aren't it? it was it was hilarious. So if Gary Lineker, Satan of English football, can do it, never booked in his life, then Sid certainly can. Next on the list, it's your favourite Kieran, the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, Shawn Michaels supposedly invited three hot girls back to his hotel room. He told them all to get naked and get on their knees. He whips out his ding dong, and the girls figure it's going to be a suck fest. But then he proceeds to piss in each of their mouths. Annoyed on the TPW board, so I know Shawn Michaels is a great worker, but when he got the three girls in the hotel room, proceeded to whip his dick out and piss in their mouth, do you think they were feeding too much for him? And uh, Flashy McFlash on the FLW board says it's either the glass table or the HBK piss mouth story. I can absolutely believe that's real. I think this is true. And the reason I think this is true <clears throat> is because I have it on good authority from an unnamed but very reliable source <laughs> that... This happened during a loop in which they visited Syracuse. Okay. And the next time they went to Syracuse <laughs> is when the Navy SEALs beat him up. <laughs> All of them? And it just happens that three of those Navy SEALs, that was their girlfriends. Oh, it was a revenge mission. It was, it was, and it, yeah. it was tactically, and it was the entire group of them. They were plotting, they were waiting for that moment. Just when they saw that Davy Boy couldn't get out the back of the vehicle, <laughs> pounced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if it was, if it was, uh, yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it. if it was something like if it was sometime around like ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. I can, uh, I can certainly see uh, that type of behaviour being from him. You know, it's just, uh, you know, he was, he was on so much fucking shit. You know, I, I'd, I'd be amazed if he actually if he knew that he was pissing in a mouse or even remembered it. It was probably just something that he did in his, uh, it might have you know, soma uh, induced uh, this crazy shit. Really, <laughs> is there any? I bet you X Pac was in the room. I was going to say, are there any <laughs> stories about the kid throwing up on himself? Yeah. Or David would trying to get out of the toilet and being unable to. <laughs> the Iron Sheik was offered $100,000 to break Hogan's legs instead of dropping the belt to him. Who's that, sorry? Uh, the Iron Sheik. Sheiky baby. Mm. Rather than drop the belt to Hogan, I guess Vern Gagne is where the, uh, the insinuations come from. That Vern's the guy that offered the uh, 100 large. Oh, I'm sure someone promised it to him. It wouldn't have been legit if he'd gone through with it. Hmm. But, it, yeah, someone probably offered it. Nah. Think so? No, nah, yeah. I don't think. No. Nah. Th- Iron, Sheik, Iron Sheik likes Hogan. He really likes Hogan. That's true, we saw the he match. He really, really likes Hogan. <laughs> I I can believe it completely. Absolutely. Now, admittedly, this is something... I don't think Vern Gagne had $100,000. Yeah, no, no, no. He, <laughs> he, he would have promised it him, though. It doesn't matter once it's happened. Are you gonna, oh, sorry. <laughs> you take him to the Court of Arbitration. No, it's done that. He's yeah, got to have Hogan. So he, I'm sure he promised it, yeah. yeah and, and, and Vern's old school. He's just 
bitter and sadistic enough to, to want that to happen. Yeah. He's not going to wish Hogan well going up going up north. So yeah, I can I can believe it. Mm. Uh, apparently, after Jerry Lawler first arrived in the good old WWF, a lot of people disliked him for his general arrogance attitude. Hall, Nash, and Michaels didn't take this too well, so at one of the Royal Rumbles, Lawler left his crown in the dressing room to do the match. So the click decided to shit in his crown. But apparently, this wasn't like a couple of turds in the crown. They apparently filled King's precious crown to the brim with a nice hearty click shit. Um, yeah, uh, Tommy on the UK fan form says, I'm sure this has been corroborated by Lawler, although it wasn't the click. Uh, if I remember correctly, he went to Vince over this, which he did. And it wasn't the click because Nash wasn't even in the company at the time, so let's not lay this at the feet of Big Kev here. Um, but it was Steve Kern. <laughs> it was Skinner who shit in the crown. Oh, wow. An old Memphis feud following on. Exactly. As, uh, as Apparently, uh, according to Raven, it happened more than once and was happening so often that they actually had to send a memo out not to do it again. Please refrain from shitting in the crown. Just please use the facilities provided. Why doesn't he just leave the crown in the car? Yeah, that's not Why keep leaving it lying around? Because he might then shit on the car. Yeah, it'll only escalate from there. You know what wrestlers are like? They'll find a way, they'll break in. Someone will tell Fuji about it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Takamichinoku fucked Sunny while Candido watched. Uh, everyone fucks Sonny so, I, I don't think yeah. I don't think Candy Davis was watching though uh, Noid on the TPW performance when it comes to Sonny do you think he let Michinoku drive her yeah. <laughs> Noid who does like a stand up routine on this by the way so there you go I don't know about this one I can I can see Sonny uh, yeah but not with Candido there that's kind of the I can see yeah, Chris being the type to have that plausible well, deniability cause, cause, of don't see don't you know, yeah, see no I'm evil here no evil because Candido is such a the impression he is he's such a pretty a sensitive soul. I, I don't mean that necessarily necessarily in a bad way, but he, you know, but he idolised her, obviously, didn't he, and all that sort of thing. So I, I, I can imagine he, if anything like that's going on, he he would want to be as far away from it, so that as you can say, he'd almost be in blissful ignorance. What about in between? What what about he was in the room but he wasn't conscious? Nah, I could I could buy that. Well, Taka, I'm not sure why, why Taka's the he guy. He might have even been lying down, looking in the direction, but he's just, just not completely there. This is one of those rumours where, because of the obscure nature of picking Taka Michinoku, of all people, I can't, like, in an indirect way, le- like, lends it some credence to the uh, dumber people of the world. It's like, there's no way it's Taka, so it's gotta be true. <laughs> if you're gonna pick anybody, you won't pick Taka. Oh yeah, Scott Hall took a dump in Sunday's lunch on a tour of Germany in the spring of 96. Um, Waltman, right? I was gonna say, be- bear in mind the source, I was gonna say, didn't Walkman do it and Walkman took credit for it so yeah. yeah left it in the yeah left it in the Chinese food apparently yeah oh. yeah wow. not, not exactly a beef chair mate. no yeah. <laughs> bit, a, bit of a bit of a fiend himself Walkman he did it in the uh, Sables as well oh, I, I didn't hear that one yeah, yeah he did I think he, does did, he mention that in the same did, did he do it a third time because if it is that's a fetish I don't know. I think he probably did, but I, th- I if I remember rightly, the the uh, the turd was pre-prepared in the sable case, and the plausible deniability was that it was actually I think it's one of the UK pay-per-views where he was ready to go through the curtain, and he like said, "Hang on a second, I gotta take a piss." Ran out, and then dispensed the log, and then came back in time as his music was playing and literally ran through the curtain, blown up because he just dispensed it, and that was his. Uh, he was very secretive, and no, no no one knew who uh, was behind that one. That's the story. The sunny one wasn't that sort of a bit of bit of payback for his boy Sean being sort of fucked mm, around in theory. Yeah. Mm. Uh, May Young and Fabulous Moolah are a lesbian couple. No. Uh, Ramsey on the DVD message board says uh, this has pretty much been confirmed afterwards. Yeah. They, they, oh my god! Where, where did I hear this? Russo. 
No, I don't listen to him. Was it the wrestling no. grapevine? No, I know. <laughs> yeah. It was Gene Oakland's hotline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, no, I heard it recently, I can't remember. It was, it was actually on the network, funny enough, but um, they, 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 <laughs> they kind of mention it as just like, um, at, at the very least, with a kind of wink wink nudge nudge of saying how close those two were and that May Young actually lived with Fabulous Mula for uh, a good long period of time. That's just a couple of old spinsters lonely. I've been there, I know. Not there, I with May Young. During Eddie Guerrero's indie tour slash initial cleanup period, uh, Brian Christopher asked him if he wanted to get high at the uh, FWA UK British Revival show, which I believe is correct. So, is, that, is that it? That's the, that's the story. That, uh, he got asked if he wanted to get high. And he said no, but the, Brian Christopher tried to get him off the wagon, basically. Uh, so so who, who, did he, who did Brian Christopher say this to? Eddie. Eddie. When Eddie had been fired for and was trying to clean up. Oh. Not his only appearance on this list. We'll get to the, uh, the juicier one with Brian Christopher very shortly. Tammy Sitch again 2004 yeah. 5 this would True. be has phone sex with indie guys yeah. uh, Jazzy Jeffers on the UK fan form says the one about Tammy Sitch uh, phone sexing with indie guys sounds like something of an understatement this is a woman who all a couple of years ago would do appearances at conventions where for the right price she'd take a photo in lingerie spooning with the fans in a bed uh, <laughs> I hear she also offers more than Q&A sessions over Skype nowadays and uh, Ramsey on the DVD mm. our message board says Tammy Sitch having phone sex with indie guys hell Tammy will have phone sex with you right now <laughs> <laughs> We've actually got her on the line. <laughs> That's right, folks. Our second guest after Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Let's hope the phone sex is as good. <laughs> uh, ain't he great? Yes, he was. <laughs> Apparently, there's a Polaroid from the 80s of Ric Flair playing the skin flute. No. no. Ric Flair. Unless it's his own, because it's so big. Uh. <laughs> that I can believe. But, but this, the idea of Ric Flair possibly... Uh, You'd never. No. It's it kills gimmick. Yeah. Hmm. No, I just okay. don't. Uh, no. Mm. No. Not going for this? He, he was too busy with all the nines and the tens at the uh, the Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same fat boys been chasing the horseman yeah. for 20 years. <laughs> Not a chance. Either Brian Pillman and Tom Zenk are about to double team Terry Runnels, likely, or mm. they're about to get it on themselves, less Ooh. likely. <laughs> uh, Noid on TPWW says what I like about this one is the assessment of likely and less likely as probabilities <laughs> if Pillman and Zenk double teaming Terry was likely what do you think likely stopped them <laughs> mm. well you're the Pillman expert Liam um, yeah. <laughs> apparently not from, from what I understand uh, Casual Rex on the F4D board says Dave Meltzer on the board wrote that Pillman and Zenk may have double teamed women but they didn't do each other <laughs> in reference to this uh. And as Jim Cornette once said, if two people in this business fuck, ten minutes later, Dave Meltzer knows how good it was. <laughs> so I can believe this. Uh, Otto Dem Vons on the UK fan form says, The beauty with the sleaze list is the way wrestling is a make-believe world filled with carnies, losers, egotists, and legitimate oddballs. He's right so far. Because of this, you can actually conceive many of these tales being true, even though there's a high possibility they aren't. I don't know if we're working ourselves here, but I like to believe the ones I laugh at the most to be true. So let's consider some of the veracity of the more hilarious ones. Uh, Zach Gowan and CZW star Z-Bar double-teamed some hoe uh, after an NWA Florida show, and uh, Z-Bar then proceeded to run around naked. He says, Zach Gowan is a one-legged man. How would this even work in practice? I'd be getting to see video footage. Uh, well, not him, hard. Him, the woman, and the prosthetic leg. No, Carl. <laughs> Carl. No, Carl. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend everyone's precious sensibilities. No, we were just on a serious subject. Like, of course a one-legged man can... Grinding away? Of course. That's easy. Stick it in moonsaults, for Christ's sake. That's true. Of course he's going to do with threes. Brian Pillman was a definite racist, is the, uh, the rumour here. Uh, he lived in Kentucky and the Hart Foundation trashed the nation's dressing room that time. <laughs> definitely true. I know it's true. Bill Watts told me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't believe this to be the case. Although he did get in some hot water for the uh, NWA reference, the New Jack that time. Uh, you I know. don't think so. I think he's just, just... It's shock value. shock value. Yeah. Balls the thing things. is, I will say, having spoken to uh, a couple of people that have told me some Pillman stories, there are a few stories, that, uh, and Kieran, I think you've read one of them, where he does drop the N-bomb oh, a few yeah. times. But again, it's, it's part of, you know, again... Saying stuff is shocking, because especially when he was working... Various, was it Bill Kazmaier? Bill Kazmaier, yeah. yeah. So, like, nah, well, maybe, but I don't think there's any evidence that it was. No, I don't yeah. find yeah. No, during sort of that, that one point in his career, he was very much, you know, it was sort of the, the wrestling equivalent of the shock jock, so I'm not. Uh, am I doubting that he may have dropped the N word in there a few times? So oh, he definitely did. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm, I can imagine he would. Do I think he necessarily did it because he's some sort of avowed racist and grand wizard of the KKK? No. No. Uh, Own Heart never drank. So Brett spiked his drink with Halcyon, so he got totally wasted and passed out. Another hot one. Uh, we all know Brett force-fed Owen KFC and Largo when they went swimming with some surfer blokes, uh, as uh, detailed in his book. So I can go along with this one as well. <laughs> Bit of a leap from KFC to spiking his brother's drink with Halcyon. I don't, I don't recall Brett telling the story of how he force-fed him either. I must have missed that sentence. <laughs> Killer Colcox has a glass eye. Uh, he would secretly remove the eye and put it in his foreskin. When the girl went to go down on him, they got an eyeful and left screaming. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Fuck knows who Killer Colcox is. Like fucking monster out of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but it's brilliant, he says. The three PW promoted Jasmine Sinclair once had sex with 400 men in a day. Shocker. Uh, he says, I'm quite sure this is literally impossible. There's right. been the gangbang story, right? So, how, how many? 400. The record's higher than that. I think actually Air Raid on the UK fan form said something akin to how it was broken in something he called the Houston 620. Oh, which, oh, which, yeah. which, which, he, which he then said sounds like Teddy Hart's new finisher. <laughs> <laughs> um, Masa Saito and Kempatera broke some windows at McDonald's after hours when they refused them service. Uh, for the fast food workers of America, I'm glad the 24 hour drive through existed by the time <laughs> Big Show got started. That's true, isn't it? Absolutely true. Yeah, he did prison did, time. As did Saito. Yes, yeah, Saito, who didn't know fuck all what was going on. It was Patera who threw the boulder to the window because they wouldn't give him hamburgers. Yeah, so the police came to the hotel to arrest Patera. Saito answered the door, didn't know what the fuck was going on, said he wasn't there, lied. They went back down to the hotel desk. They said, no, he's definitely here. They went back up, they burst in, they arrested Patera, and then Saito tried to defend the situation. They thought they were being a bit violent, and they arrested him and chucked him in jail as well. So, interfering with police business, I guess. Uh, here's another one. Paul Heyman used to get blowjobs behind the ECW parking lot at 3am while writing checks to a line of wrestlers. Uh, he says that never He never wrote checks! <laughs> <laughs> Well, he did, but they were never any good. That's true, true. If, true, if, true. if the story was by paying in cash, then there's no true, way. Too shy, too shy, yeah, no way, no way. Uh, Andre the Giant once called Kamala a... <laughs> uh, and Kamala stuck a gun in his face, and Andre was nice to him after that. I think Andre actually did this to Bad News as well once, and Bad News pulled over the, the bus and threatened wanted to fight him, and Andre wouldn't fight him. <laughs> so uh, apparently, he's, he's known for his... Uh, he did have a, a joke or two. Bobby Heenan and Nick Barkwinkle, if they couldn't find anyone they would help each other with a knob job from time to time. <laughs> Heenan and Barkwinkle. Otto Denvon says, imagine your granddad masturbating, that's what this would be like, I love wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine this is possibly I, I, true. I, I will not allow the good names of Nick Barkwinkle and Bobby Heenan to be sullied in such a manner. Barkwinkle. Com completely false. Is that a hand job? Uh, yes. No. We got another Von Erich one here. Kevin Von Erich once paid a hooker to break in a then 11 year old Chris Von Erich. Supposedly, Chris even cried during the act. I could definitely <laughs> true. I can, I can imagine this. Definitely true. With this family, I could, I could yeah. imagine that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is not a single doubt around this table. Not Everybody's nodding thing. heads. 
I believe this one to be. Apparently, Krista gets started very, very early in his uh, drugs and partying days. Mm. 11 years old, that's fucked up. But yeah. Sounds a bit like the movie <laughs> <laughs> During one of the nitros where the wrestlers had to hide under the ring the entire show, it was at least Hennig and Scott Norton under the ring. Hennig had to go, and of course, he couldn't exactly leave, so he shit under the ring. Uh, this is true. Uh, it was the warrior who was under there with Norton and Hennig, because it, it was part of the, tr- <laughs> the, the trapdoor period. So Hennig, shit. And uh, apparently Scott Norton threw up all over himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Warrior did, apparently it gassed out the first day. Now, in the, in the, this was actually this was actually in the observers for the timeline we just did a couple of weeks ago, and I was going to put it in, and I thought, no, 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 I'll leave it because I've never got the sleeves blood coming, so I'll mention it there. But uh, yeah, Tommy on the UK fan form says, on the perfect shit, uh, I'm sure Marty Gennetti told this on his RF shoot, perfect took something to give him wind as a rib, but misjudged it and had to squirt out a pint of slurry, much oh. to the disgust <laughs> of whoever's with him. <laughs> who was that? Who was in there with him? Uh, it was uh, Ultimate Warrior and Scott Norton. Oh, couldn't happen to do that before. <laughs> During the Gold Club investigation, Bischoff admitted that he enjoyed watching his wife and one of the strippers get it on in their hotel room. Which is, again... True. Yes. Provable. He actually admitted it. So no, no, no debate there. Uh, according to a referee who was released from the WWF, Bradshaw tied up a wrestler in the shower while he was naked and rubbed baby oil all over him, threatening to rape him until he cried. While the locker room looked on and laughed. I think the victim might have date raped a girl, or might have just been not well liked. It was never specified who the victim was, other than this happened in '98 or '99, and the guy was a fairly well-known wrestler. Isn't this supposed to be Brian Christopher? It is Brian Christopher. And Raven confirmed he was there and said it was Brian Christopher. And uh, the story goes, yeah, apparently he date-raped somebody and uh, Bradshaw took it out on him. And then in, in Raven's mocking, laughing way at recounting the, the situation so that Christopher was there tied up saying, Guys, don't do this to guys! <laughs> so for anybody who wants a vivid image of what this happened, uh, Snob Goblin on the TPW board says, uh, On Bradshaw's shower antics, that shit gave me nightmares. Uh, there's another one also on this list about how he was uh, very very well known for getting in the shower with types like Paul London and it's uh, kind of getting in there with them and just soaping their ass and stuff like that just to fuck with them. And, uh, Bradshaw. Bradshaw, yeah, just going go in the showers with guys like Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Apparently, uh, basically, rookie, the, rookies in general, I think, was the, yeah. was the yeah, story. Right. On the sleeves, though, it said that Kendrick quit over this homosexual hazing. Again, bit of a stretch, perhaps. But uh, this kind of strikes me as something that he thought, he did, he thought it was funny. Yeah, 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 he did it. Yeah, oh, I believe he did it. Uh, remember when David Flair quit IWA Puerto Rico due to unfit living conditions and everyone ragged on him when they found out IWA put him in a nice house? Well, that nice house belonged to Victor Quinones. I shouldn't have to say any more, but I will. <laughs> David was sleeping one night and was woken up by, by Victor, standing over him about to blow a load on his face, and David quit the next day. Victor Quinones appears several times in this that including he tried to rape Tarzan Boy at gunpoint in a bathroom stall and did rape some rookie Japanese wrestler at gunpoint in a bathroom stall. What, so a what, lot of stories about this guy. What is it about showers and bathrooms and just nefarious things happening with wrestlers? Puerto Rico? In Puerto Jesus. Rico? Yeah. He, he, I'm sorry, he is the, he's, he's, okay, so he's the guy who was the promoter owner of IWA uh, Puerto Rico. It, it's one of those where you just wonder the sort of it's if it was something by itself, you may just instantly dismiss it. But it's sort of that cumulative effect. There's so many stories mm. that have been told in so many shoots by different people mm. involving Victor that. Uh, you, you, yeah, you, you wonder if there's. Uh, maybe if it's not 100% true, you wonder if there's you know, some shreds of truth to it. There's too much smoke there not to be a hint of fire, is yeah. what you're saying here. Okay, fair enough. There's a, there's a, there's a 
plenty of uh, shady promoters that quite, we to. Quite the rap sheet. <laughs> Indeed. Jerry Lawler has a well-known foot fetish and was once caught by a valet jacking off into her shoes. Whilst riding a seesaw. Why would she wear in the shoes? I don't know. Don't believe Getting it. changed? You no. don't believe it because no, of the impossibility of her taking a shoe off? It doesn't, yeah. Two pairs different shoes. Two pairs? No. What's I, the logic in this? That's the logic. When did, he, when did this opportunity arrive? A valet? What, what, Which is out in the ring. He goes, he goes the, into her bag and gets her other pair of shoes out. Into yeah. the female locker room. What female? In Memphis? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Jerry wouldn't do that. The female locker room was in the male locker room with just a shoddy little curtain across. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. So yeah. It was bubble bath. All he did was pull the curtain across and wanked in him. <laughs> here's, here's one of the bigger ones on this set. The macho man Randy Savage had his way with Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, she was 14 back then, back in 94-95, uh, and then Vince Man found out, and that was the true ending for macho man in the WWF. Here we go, this is what I was here for. This is this is a funny one because um, when I kind of read this, not not saying that I actually believed it, but it it it's kind of like it, it did. I actually probably gave this a lot more considered thought than it probably deserved, just because um, I've always just kind of been confused or or more bamboozled by you know the fact that Savage never returned, right? And and you th you think about the business and and you know because Vince will always do business no matter what you know you think like Hogan he came back if you think him saying the N word recently he's got the, that's it for him you're you're sadly mistaken he'll be back he's right sneaking back already yeah, isn't yeah he? he's he sneaking he's sneaking back already he's working his way right Brett you know does a screw job over on Brett Brett returns Brock Lesnar they do a court case as well which Brock wins he returns all these people always return no matter how bad or how much they screw Vincent Man over yet Savage never returns. Ultimate Warrior. They do like a freaking like a well, it's not a puff piece. I guess it's like a duff piece. I guess on him with, with, the, with the, the you know the self uh, destruction. destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. He returned. Everyone always returns, but Macho Man never did. And it always just makes me. Now I'm not turning around and going to state that the reason why is because you know he, he slipped to one, right? I'm not. I'm not going to say that. But I think I think probably the only reason why I ever gave this more than like two seconds consideration was because I was just going like. Well, there's got to be some reason why these two never got it, and I never bought uh, when they when they always say like, um, oh, you know, well, Macho Man was upset with Vince because he thought like he was too old to continue on in this business, or and and Vince was upset because he thought Macho Man was there for life. Yeah, that's probably like a like a two percent of it, but I, I never bought that as that's the sole reason that these two never worked together again, yeah. ever, never mentioned each other again. There's something there. I don't think it's got anything to do with Stephanie, but it's just there's some story there that we just can't find out, and it's not just simple as like hurt feelings. I believe it was Dave Meltzer who said, "It is what everybody thinks it is." Well, he he said, "I think it's the reason that everybody else thinks it is because it's the only reason that makes sense," and he knows that everybody at the top believes it. Regardless, of it. And, and also and, his and, point and, is, and what was it Jim Cornette said about Dave Meltzer? About uh, he knows everything. <laughs> well, uh, Meltzer insists that Oliver knows, which is what uh, which is what uh, Michael Otts on the Facebook page said to us. I'll hang on the FOW board. Uh, the illusion that uh, I think it's Oliver Kopp is the person that he's talking about when he said that Oliver knows the story. Oliver Kopp is a German journalist who very kind of inside the business, uh, and it was interesting because a month before Savage left, there was a WF tour of Germany. Um, which I guess is where people are kind of drawing these conclusions from. Savage, as we covered in our timeline, they did talk in '96 when Savage was on the outs with WCW. So it's not like it was never. They never. I mean, they they, yeah, they marked him for the whole Nacho Man stuff. Mm. Um, 
they did talk about possibly coming together again. He did do an interview in SmackDown magazine in 2003, which is often forgotten. But in terms of never bringing it back, I mean, there's all the stories of Vince. Yeah, you know, when people would suggest Vince, uh, sorry, when people would suggest Savage to Vince all through the years, he would just say, "I don't want to do bit coldly. I don't want to do business with that man." Which is what led to the belief that there's something, there's something to the story. It's weird, though, isn't it? It's just... Also, I should clarify, at the time, in 94, when Savage left, Stephanie was 18, I think, or had just turned 18. So it's not that, that's a slightly inaccurate uh, thing there. But I, I think it's true. I, I, I do believe it's true. She, she snapped into the Slim Jim. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you've uh, qualified the age... Yeah, fourteen. I, I, you wouldn't risk yeah. the risk the wrath, and no. you know, it doesn't make it worthwhile. But eighteen, fuck yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, yeah, I don't know about this. It's, it's one of those ones where uh, the asking price that he had for going back was always very high. It was always very difficult to work with anyway. You know, the whole TNA spell was a complete fiasco. But I, I remember because a lot of people were talking about this on the on the message boards and such when this when we posted this, and the whole thing is that. They were saying that this story started with the sleaze thread, but I don't think that's right, because I remember hearing it before mm. before that, because I remember when Savage did a video on YouTube, I want to say like 2003-2004, where it's like, it's him in the gym, and he made, he made some kind of reference to Stephanie in that, talking about Triple H, I'll steal you woman, or something like that. And it was just, I, I, at the time I took it, it was like, oh, ha ha ha, he's heard the rumour, he's just joking about it, kind of a thing. It's it's very interesting, you know, just the the, 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 the things, it's one of those things where, the curiosity of well, what 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 sense does it make for it to be anything that's not scandalous and sensational? You know, mm. and that's where yeah. it comes down to. Yeah, People yeah. want, and again, it's, it's the, the big lie. You know what I mean? It's the, the bigger the lie, the bigger the scandal, and the easier it will be for people to believe it, right? So that's what's always got to me. Like it's because I, I never I never kind of quite bought the bit with Stephanie, but it's just something like it wasn't just as simple as bad feelings. There was something, there's something else there that made them not work together again. There's, some, there's something more to it. Yeah, Vin, Vince X-Naying Savage from video games and, and uh, yeah, can- cancelling his name off a uh, planned DVD release. He, he didn't, he, there was a list of DVDs that were supposed to come yeah. out. He, he X-Naying the Savage one and eventually he did it. Yeah. Well, yeah, after he died. No, no, he released the DVD before he died and then yeah. he put him in the Hall of Fame after he died. Yeah, and released the second DVD. The second DVD was after he yeah. died, yeah. The story one. Yeah, that's right. Where he wasn't there to actually tell it. Yeah, uh, creative control and DVD uh, message board says a decade. Jesus, half of it was horseshit. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Savage Steph bollocks started there and it's grown to some kind of legitimate urban legend. Uh, Andy Howard on the Facebook page says to him, "It's fiction. If this was true, I don't think old Vinnie Mac would have inducted him into the Hall of Fame." He says. Uh, Tim Owen on the Facebook page also thinks it's fiction. He says until that was written in the sleeve thread, nobody had mentioned it. You never heard a wrestler from that time corroborate it when asked. Since then, the rumor states that Stephanie was about 14 when she would have been 18 at the time. Brett's book, I think, indicates that Savage broke Vince's heart by quitting with an answer phone message. Uh, Vince gave Savage a classy send-off at the time. It's reasonable to think that he would try to remain dignified even though Savage quit the way he did. I can't see any sort of farewell message though if Vince believed that Savage had a sexual relationship with Vince's underage daughter. I suppose it's possible that Vince didn't find out until some point after Savage had left. But if that were the case, would Vince really have taken the trouble to write the eulogy for him for Time magazine? A few years ago, people quoted Meltzer stating that the reason Vince had blacklisted Savage was the reason that everyone's saying. What people didn't do was fir- listen further to Dave's point, which was that even if it wasn't true, the fact that that's out there as a rumour means that Vince wouldn't allow him back because he couldn't bear the thought that uh, people would think that Savage did the dirty with Vince's daughter and Vince took him back anyway. Uh, personally, I look at it as two things. One, it's a bullshit rumour like so many others that's taken on a life of its own. And two, Vince felt betrayed that Savage, to whom he appears to have been very close, left the way he did, joined the competition, and took the money from the Slim Jim deal with him, which is what Lanny Poffo said was a, a big reason too, like 500 grand at a time when Vince badly needed money. 
uh, Savage took the sponsorship with WCW. So, yeah, I don't know. Final thoughts on the table. Quick, quick, yes, no. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I still, I still think it's true. Something to it. I'll say no, but there's there's something to the end. There's something to the story. It stinks. Something stinks. Lita took off for Mexico in the nineties and banged anyone down there that would train her in the ring, including El Dandy. <laughs> uh, Air Raid on the UK fan forum says my favorite off the list is that, si- that Lita was a serial rat in Mexico and did the favor for a few guys, including El Dandy. It must be true, lads. Who are you to doubt El Dandy? <laughs> I, I, I saw I heard that as, as something more factual rather than. Than a rumor, I'm sure that's like kind of a lot, a lot of been uh, verified a lot more than just. Is uh, it an autobiography? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, here's the list. No, is it? Wasn't, it wasn't I'm, Matt, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. The source, I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Another one it, of like, these stories in the in the cafe. I'm, I'm yeah. Sure, oh I'm, god. I'm, I'm sure I've heard it somewhere else other than on that that like that thread or that that page or whatever. I'm sure I've heard it somewhere else that she's uh, she's a massive. Finish it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Antonio Pena turned half the AAA locker room gay. <laughs> With what? Like some kind of magic powder. <laughs> uh, Noid. Noid on the TPWW board says he must be a very charismatic man. When he's a leech door, do you think he was a good base for the guys? <laughs> <laughs> His awful pose <laughs> are coming thick and fast from Noid. I'm so proud of that man. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah, this is another one. Him, him, and, him and old uh, Victor, Quiones, we were talking about before. Yeah, the, these are the two names that uh, a lot of sleaze and scandal comes up about their um, preferences and the things they did to guys. Yeah, pl- plenty of sleaze, I can believe. Pat Patterson had a very special relationship with Jacques Rougeau in the 80s. I think we all had a special relationship with Jacques Rougeau. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all liked it when he brought out the uh, the old cattle prod. Yeah, yeah. I guess the whole uh, always gets his man gags are coming <laughs> next as well. Yeah. I don't know about this one. I say no. 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 Jacques, Jacques, not Jacques. This is the guy that lamped Dynamite Kid. <laughs> it would have trained him. Uh, it would have trained him well for that night in the cells at SummerSlam, though. Ah, true. Good point. Yeah. Didn't he attack a, um, Dynamite from behind? No, no, he just punched him straight in the face. In the face. He didn't expect it. Didn't he have the roll for the quarters? Roll well? the quarters in his hand, knocked yeah. out his teeth. Yeah. 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 Really Let's face it, Dynamite had it coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for Absolutely. years. Trish Stratus and Lillian Garcia. Known, uh, getting to know each other very well. No, I, I want to believe it. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite it'd be. It'd, 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 it'd be nice if it were true. I can't. But, but, uh, but no, I, I, I don't think that's. The case. only thing that gave this credence was there was an episode of Raw where, um, <laughs> do you remember this? Where like Trish was running from someone and she she ran and she had her head between Lillian's legs or something like that or somebody did someone had their head between Lillian's legs it was Lashley and Lashley and JR on commentary JR on commentary going said, where no man's gone before say, yeah saying, yeah, saying that she, uh, Lashley was in no man's land that's it <laughs> but, so that's okay so but then you. but then oh, afterwards, afterwards <laughs> sorry sorry it wasn't Lashley was chasing Vince there we it go. was Vince's head yeah there you go. Although afterwards, Jim Ross did say that's that's people with overactive imaginations putting two and two together. She did get married. Yes, exactly. Well, they both did. Sabu kicking a bag down some stairs and all around the locking, locker room and opens the bag and a cat comes out. All the while, Sabu has a I Love Cats t-shirt on. No. <laughs> How did the cat walk out of the bag? He'd have, he would have never been able to kick the bag all the way round the locker room without fucking it up. Did, did, he, only kick, did he only kick it down nine stairs? Nine, nine steps. Uh, not detailed. Ah, oh, okay. It sounds like something you would do. No, so. it does. That's to no. Think of the effort, the planning, buying the t-shirt, getting the cat in the bag. 
There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> just the thought. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a can in a bag. You can get down the stairs. But first, I need to buy a T-shirt. Hey, I'm making fun of you. No. No. I need to be ironic in this moment. Next, next, you'll be suggesting that Van Damme helped him. Which we know would be bullshit because Van Damme would just be high and anything would be too much effort for him. I'm sure they'd both be high. Just, that's yeah, just sticks to this thing now. Somebody's got a better thing to do than kick a cat. Yeah. Like moon sort of table for no money, sir. <laughs> <laughs> or like Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, the Iron Sheik used to do headstands while snorting coke. Uh, Trout stain on the UK fan form says the Iron Sheik doing lines of gear while performing a handstand is fantastic. I can't even begin to imagine how that would work, but needless to say, I'm going to try it at some point. That guy can barely use his legs, let alone his arms. Have you seen those Persian clubs, I though? Say, I would say he, he, he was quite the athlete. He was. So uh, I, I, yeah. I'm not saying the, he did this for WrestleMania 17, but in his day, <laughs> you know, logistically, could, could I see him doing it? Yeah, I, I can picture that. I'll yeah. say, I'll say yes. I'll say yeah as well. He was Easy. very no, very well known for liking the old coke or cheeky baby. Mm. Uh, Ricky Morton was also well known for hitting the nose candy before interviews hence the rapid fire unintelligible promos he gave word is that he took a severe tooth while going to sign autographs at an indie show and while signing an autograph for a kid he sneezed and said god damn there went around $500 <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> true truth uh, Taz did show his penis to the teen at the tanning place. He did that to the females in ECW2. Uh, so this is a reference to a scandal that happened again in like October 98, I want to say. I was looking in the observers recently for the timeline, and I saw this story about how Taz got arrested because an underage girl at the tanning salon accused Taz of whipping it out and uh, trying to get her to touch him. Again, midgets and penises. There's a lot of people in, in, at the time... In the Observer, Meltzer reported that uh, it's very out of character for Taz, who's very straight-laced, doesn't do this type of thing, mm. doesn't really drink that much either. So, yeah, I'm not sure about this, but... I can easily imagine it being a, a simple uh, miscommunication, a hilarious yeah. skit, if you yeah. will, of this you know tiny New Yorker um, getting locked out of his tanning booth with no towel and, and his little peck yeah. swinging in the wind. I could easily see it happening yeah. as, a, as an unfortunate incident. Like he got to step through the door and, and like the towel just got caught in the door yeah. frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 can, I can picture that. Yeah, a bollock it, slipped down. That's all. It's easily done. Yeah, we've happens. we've we've all been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been some man in the tanning booth. That was a good one, wasn't it? Oh, I, that? I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tan that man gets, I believe that. <laughs> it was the deal. Like he was in a tanning bed and he tried to show like pictures of himself naked on his phone to the woman who was at the booth or something like that. Allegedly. Allegedly, of course. Yeah. And it was so, they loved it so much that the person who submitted to the police what the conversation was, WWE got a hold of it and actually had, if you remember, they did a scene, remember the whole the Trish Mickey stuff was going on and they had yeah. that guy Jack, who's like the random guy they both oh, fancied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. And they did the scene where like Mickey was coming on to him and he was trying to back off. It was word for word what was in the accusation from the t- from Vince in the tanning bed. That's how wow. fucking weird this company is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Jesus. very little known thing, but uh, gotta love wrestling. Gotta love wrestling. <laughs> I'm saying, man, that's why I love the. That's why this show. It's like, you know what? There's enough legitimate stories here that are fascinating <laughs> that you can get to. Uh, this one, however, I'm not sure about. Stephen McMahon has a strap on and is used on Steve Austin, Triple H, in China. Um, literally, <laughs> li- literally, but not figuratively. Hang on, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Figuratively, figuratively, but not literally. Yeah, not really. <laughs> no, no way, Carl. Austin's not taking that shit. 
Killjoy G on the UK fan form says it's got to be Stephanie using Old Reliable on Triple H, China and Steve Austin. I'd love to know just how Old Man Jones takes that one. And no, not take it like Austin took Stephanie's bottom line. For me, it's just more proof that Stephanie wants to be just like her dad. Uh, Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says the other one that creeps me at the mere thought is Stephanie McMahon using a strap on China, Triple H and Austin. No way can that possibly be true. Uh, Vegeta on the UK fan forum says the Stephanie McMahon strap on one. I keep going from in my mind to complete lies to truth. There is a possibility there. Not with Austin or China, but Triple H I reckon. <laughs> and uh, finally... I, I, now see, I could believe it if it was China's strap on and she'd used it on Triple H in like 97, 98. Mm. That's got to be on their forum somewhere. No, no, surprisingly. Ted Kurtz on the FOW board says, this is the single most absurd and clearly unbelievable rumour on the whole list bar none. Yeah, Steve Austin out of the blue decides that the boss's daughter screw him with a strap on. Totally sounds in character. When was this supposed to happen? Uh, I guess 2000. Uh, Just to clarify, uh, did she strap on Triple H, China and Steve Austin at the same time? But but if it was 2000, Austin's just come out of neck surgery mm. it's kind of defenceless no come on <laughs> is it, is it, is it, is this is one of those ones where you read and you're like what the fuck is wrong with people you know is, 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 is a dildo how you treat China because you don't treat her like a woman don't treat her like a man <laughs> treat her like a dildo it's Jake Roberts when you need him with the pink one you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, let's 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 that room. It was Jake's that she was maybe, using. Yeah, maybe there's only one dildo in wrestling. It? <laughs> it goes around. It's just like he man sword. It's, it's it's in a safe at Titan Towers. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it's more open than the fucking WWE title. What is it? Yeah, like like Hitler and the Spear of Destiny room. Like you know, this magical wrestling dildo that's been in the business for like fifty years or something. <laughs> and like Vince has got it locked up. It's got magical dildo powers, and um, and Steph's now inherited oh, it. Oh, this, this is great. Right, this yeah. is a film. Was it, was it, if, if, if the Mormons can have the golden tablets, then Vince can have the dildo in the safe. Oh, was this just, well, now, was this just a random dildo? Was this dildo actually kind of sculptured on, on someone? Was it based off someone? Grizzly Smith sculpted the dildo for Jake. It's part of a bonding exercise in Georgia. <laughs> there you go, son. This one's for you. I like to believe it was sculpted with Luthez's image. Bill DeMott did a shit on Bagwell's face while Buff was sleeping. Another one that I think we all want to be true. Yeah, yeah. Judy would never have stood for it. He wouldn't put on his face. No, yeah, in the hat maybe. You, in the oh, hat. in the hat. Brad, Bradshaw did punch the hat. Chest, but not face. Okay, that's what we're going for. That was funny. Um, a few months after David Von Eck passed away in early 1984, referee David Manning, who worked in the world-class office, was autographing David Von Eck 8x10 pictures with David's name on them, and they were still selling them throughout the year. All of this at the command of Fritz. It's absolutely true. Absolutely yeah, true. We, yeah, yeah, we talked about it again. Scummy bastards. Yeah. Jim the Anvil Neidhart taught David Boy Smith how to drug his wife's orange juice right before bedtime each night. Then the next morning, their wives would wake up with bloody sore anuses. Uh, it took them a few bloody anuses to realise their husbands were anally raping them. This comes from Diana Hart's book, Under the Mat, where she says that this is what David did to her. Bizarre no, indeed. Give me a moment. I've never heard this one before. There, there are enough strange stories about the hearts and no no it's just I don't believe it for a second I completely do I believe it all the way I think that yeah. Davy was it, he was it, fucking it does, it, fucked it, up in the head yeah, oh, yeah, but you heard him speak it, German no, on Nitro yeah. no but it, but again it's, it's the whole the effort and logistics yeah. thing of it I don't th- yeah it wouldn't need to, it just overpower it. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that's the key to the uh, hole in the story, is this Jim Neidhart taught him how to drug his, his wife with orange juice. You put it in orange juice and give it to her. There you go, Davey. I'm sure he could do that himself. 
You can you imagine no, having that kind of? No, can you imagine no. having that kind of discussion with a family member? No, that. that, that hey, you know what you need to do, Kieran. <laughs> which uncle we're we talking? About? <laughs> It's, it it's, is. It is Jim Neidhart. And that's just Jimmy, by the way. It's, 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 <laughs> it. Yeah, it's, 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 how, it's how they cleverly kind of actually like they put the right dynamic in to try and make it sound like it's possible. Instead, because David Boy has always kind of been a follower. You know, you think like the David Boy can figure out himself. They no, fucking couldn't. Couldn't figure. He couldn't, couldn't say Royal Albert Hall properly for Christ's sake. But it's, just, <laughs> it's a, this, he he has always been. If if you were to believe Bret Hart's book, he's always been like a follower kind of guy. He's always been like the lackey in the back and so on. And while Neidhart is a bit of a dirty bastard. And a bit? Well, yeah, okay. Oh, I was, I was to be Anvil is a fucking yeah, sleazeweister. You know, but, like, you know, Anvil, Anvil's definitely an instigator and an enabler. So I can, so if they if they tried to switch it the other way around, like, oh, it was, it was, a, it was a bulldog that was trying to teach Anvil, I'd be like, that's bullshit. <laughs> but they, they, they fixed it the right way around. That it's believable that Nightheart could lure a bulldog uh, to the dark side. This is, yeah, the Anvil, this is the, I mean, how many people has Anvil scammed? You know, this is the guy who got arrested for breaking into his neighbor's house so he could steal their bathroom medicine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not exactly Pennsylvania's finest. No, I wouldn't say so. Yeah. Bob Ryder was living high on the hog in WCW. He bought a three hundred thousand dollar boat, a small plane, and a two million dollar house uh, in Louisiana. When the shit hit the fan in 2001, he started to lose all of his stuff or mortgage it to the hilt. Uh, so once that, what did he do? He started ripping off Joey Styles, of course. He was handling the accounting and stiffing the staff on one wrestling and not paying bills on time. Some collection agent calls Styles for a bill. He doesn't have a clue. He finally gets the accounting from Bill and realizes that everything and everyone is more than two months behind. Why? Ryder has an addiction. Pills? No. Drugs? No way. His weakness is male prostitutes. Lots of them. I've heard from multiple sources that he spent over $40,000 on Mansex inside two months. <laughs> Needless to say, he's working off the debt to Styles now, which explains why every one of the paid staffers went to Pro Wrestling Insider. Uh, this also explains why the news is painfully slow on one wrestling now. Free labor only gets you so much. So after that, Ryder decided to make himself irreplaceable to TNA. He wanted to carve a niche for himself, and that really would have uh, pushed somebody else out. He wanted to be the Jim Ross of TNA and serve as a talent agent. So anyway, he couldn't afford the man horse, so why not make new ones under the guise of giving them their big break in the wrestling business? Bob Ryder. Very questionable, kind of creepy looking individual. I remember when I first saw his face on the uh, Forever Hardcore documentary and really being yeah. taken aback by... A splotch with a moustache, as Carl yeah. Ross once said. If, if I recall correctly, there are unconfirmed rumours that the name uh, Joseph P or J Parks appeared on several <laughs> credit card statements as well. Um, possibly more on that later. <laughs> Shortly, in fact. Yes. Um, I, I can imagine he had some sort of addiction and all, this, all the sort of financial stuff I, I, I can believe. Whether, whether or not um, there was a rent boy addiction might be another story completely one wrestling you, you may know a bit more on the backstory to that possibly yeah so because, because there are shady circumstances in which all the paid staff left yeah so it was 2004 actually it was actually corresponds with this when uh, when the whole thing happened when uh yeah dave sherr mike johnson jess mcgrath and one other guy uh, book, book woodward that's the guy yeah, the man who said that lax wasn't over yeah that guy that wasn't that wasn't a good idea yeah yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, they all moved pro to create their own website, Pro Wrestling Insider, and uh, one wrestling was kind of left with their dicks in the dirt. Or and that's just how Bob Ryder liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Harris went over to Bob Ryder's apartment earlier this year and jacked off for Bob, uh, but that had to stop when a beefy, ecstasy-addicted abyss moved in. 
Uh, another one here that's kind of related. James Storm is an asshole, apparently, according <laughs> to this least uh, A week into the business, he was stretching new guys and telling them to pay their dues, but it's different now. He cries a lot. If he doesn't like a match, he cries afterwards. Uh, I'm not making this up, he's just really sensitive now. Very odd. But his partner, Chris Harris, is now at the very least bisexual thanks to Bob Ryder. Right before Harris got the big singles push, he went to hang out with Bob. One thing led to another, and they were both jerking the meat whistle. Magically, they both got bumped from $500 a week to $1,500 a week. First, can you believe anyone pays them that? I mean, anyone but TNA? But how great does Storm come out in this? He doesn't have to whack anybody off, and he still gets good paydays. So, uh, there you go. Casual Rex on the F4W boys is my new favourite one is that one. In one single paragraph, James Storm goes from being an asshole to a sensitive pussy to being very lucky. <laughs> so, all, all in the sleaze thread, so, uh, there you go. Another shady, shady, sleazy promoter. Notice in a pattern here, <laughs> the sleaze thread. Yeah. Sleazy offices as far as the eye can see. When Dusty Rhodes first came to TNA, I found out that a lot of the boys hate him. I couldn't understand why, but apparently a few years ago he promoted a show and handed everybody empty envelopes after the show. When they asked him why when they're getting paid, he just said, Well, when I finalise all the numbers, I'll mail you a cheque. Then he jumped in the truck and left before the main event was over. Apparently one TNA wrestler wrestled nearly 20 shows without being paid, believing Dusty would actually pay him. What a fucking moron! If, if it's true. Why, why, why give out empty envelopes? I guess as, as a lark. It's like an I, I, <laughs> of IOU on the inside. Or... I like to think so. Yeah, he'd maybe just watch Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I don't the know. IOU's as good as a check. It's kind of the TNA way, so really he was ahead of his time. <laughs> he was, he, maybe that's why he got the job at TNA. <laughs> sound, sound business practices. <laughs> hey, you can't pay people, come aboard. That's that was into. So, if you couldn't afford to pay the boys, what would you do? Oh, yeah, empty envelope trick. You're high. I like your style. Uh, Larry Zabisco's first wife had new photos of herself taken and would leave them on the cards of the boys with their phone number and address written on it. I can understand why if he took like 15 minutes before he did anything every time. <laughs> How are we supposed to know if that's true or not? Uh, I'm just picturing stalling before getting into the bed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch that outside! <laughs> Rita Chatterton, who was the WWF's first female referee, alleged that she was raped by Vincent Mann in the backseat of his limousine. Chauffeur Jim Stewart corroborated the story and filed a lawsuit of his own, alleging that during his WWF employment he'd been forced into witnessing the commission of crimes. The cases were either dismissed for lack of evidence or settled out of court. So I guess what we're looking for here is, did Vince do it? Did he do it? Rape? Nah. Just take advantage and probably maybe suggest. Her Co coerce. Her to make you a star. Well, she says that's what he said. She, he said she claims that Vince promised her five hundred thousand dollars a year in the uh, cover of Time magazine somehow, and uh, well, he, hit the world on it. So well, you know, <laughs> time, man, time man of the year. And uh, yeah, so apparently that's the that's the allegation. Then says that basically when she said uh, that she really wasn't into it, Vince kind of just forced her. And Paul there on top of him. Nah, no, I'm not buying it. No chance no. in hell. No not chance. going for it. No, no, no. Oh, God. No. <laughs> You're at shaky ground. <laughs> <laughs> for a sleeve thread. Um, is, is, is this a <laughs> kind of cash grab accusation? Is that, 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 that That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I, 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 it's the uh, the objection at the time, is what I would question, hmm. without being uh, classless. I, I, I don't necessarily believe in this particular uh, a case, but to to assume or, or to th think that uh, Vince is squeaky clean is incredibly naive. I think he, I think there is a, a lot of uh, filth 
sexual filth. Oh yeah, dripping off his uh, <laughs> fill the rest. I I I, I think that's uh, but it, it's a bit of a stretch to go from that to rapist. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a bit of a bit of a not exactly a fine line. Really. Yeah, I draw the line at rape. I'm glad you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same oh, I've been. Actually, you're listening to FCG Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we draw the line. <laughs> 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 What's happened to this show in the last one hour and thirty minutes? <laughs> oh, I'm getting. Uh, Sonny and Chris can need out of. Oh yeah, I'm going to leave. I'm going to pronounce your intro every time you're on the show, no matter what. Hungry <laughs> John Chase, no draw the line up, mate. <laughs> this is the panel for the 99 Squared Circles Radio. Sonny and Chris Candido had a three-way with Jake Roberts for some of his crack. Ooh. That's a good one! Sorry, what's that, sorry, what's that again? Sorry? Sonny and Candido had a three-way with Jake for some of his crack. I'm, oh. I'm gonna say yeah. no. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna say no because I'm, I'm going back to my sort of original premise on, on Chris Candido where he would want sort of plausible deniability, blissful ignorance, you know, generally heart of gold kind of guy. Jam up guy like El Dandy. <laughs> but what I will say is I would believe 100% that Sonny went into Jake's locker room or Jake's hotel room or whatever shagged him for some crack then went back to Candido and look I scored us some crack and Candido just asked no questions <laughs> that I, that yeah 100% I could believe that I, I still state he could have been in the room but he just wasn't awake at the time it could still happen all I would state though right, is, is this the if, same room yeah, is this what, the same night <laughs> it, could, it, could, it so easily could because um, all I say is do you think that if uh, they did with Jay, do you think he threw the dildo in for free? <laughs> <laughs> the, the immortal type like, you know, you know, no, If they're going to fuck it afterwards, you know, they might need a bit of help. Yeah. But bearing in mind the territory connections and everything, just, just thinking about this, I'm backtracking a little bit. This varnished wooden dildo... It needs a name. The, 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 it's the, called Grizzly. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the Grizzly. The Grizzly. The, the, oh, he's Grizzly, duh. The, the, the Grizzly, uh, the chiselled... <laughs> do you think... <laughs> the chisel! <laughs> The chiseled grizzly. Last week. Last week we had the wood, this week we got the chisel. <laughs> Man, that's why Home called himself the wood! <laughs> it was an inside joke! This is so true, Hammer. But I'm just wondering, do you think Grizzly carved it out of Ernie Ladd's learning tree? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> 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 uh, awesome, what a great tie-in! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So after the come down of the learning tree... Hmm. Uh, well, we, we did decide outside uh, the dildo is called Ernie. Ernie! <laughs> oh, <laughs> A married Kurt Angle was banging Jacqueline on the road for some time. Yeah, I heard that was true. Yeah, I heard that's true as well. I have also heard that that's true. As, as, as Dave Meltzer put it, he has a affinity for black women. Yeah. Kurt Angle. Is that why they... Macca Khan he was with, and also, yes, Kieran, what you're about to say, the Charmel stuff. Yeah. I wonder if he actually came up, if he... That's like his chat line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. Bestiality <laughs> sex. Uh, the Freebirds had a habit of initiating new wrestlers by pissing on them while they showered. Also true. Yeah, that's it. Also, that's something Hayes would do. No, it is. They, they, is very well. It's actually well known that they, uh, they, they used to piss on people all the time. Mm. Don't know why they might do that. 
some things I I can I can just picture or sort of I almost hate Gordy's laugh. Michael. Uh, Italian Stallion held raffles for door prizes at his events. No one won because the raffles were rigged. One of Stallion's friends, trainees not working the card, or family members always seem to have the winning ticket. As uh, I've seen my fair share of indie raffles, <laughs> I can see this being completely legitimate. It sounds completely yeah. true. Yeah, pocket the cash, baby. Pocket that cash. Uh, Gat saves 159 on the FOW board. Says, My new favourite is sometime during the 90s during a live Memphis wrestling broadcast. <laughs> the police showed up to arrest Billy Travis on a delinquent child support warrant. Backstage, Lawler books on the fly and manages to talk the cops into arresting Travis during a live on air angle involving Travis getting arrested for his partner backstage beatdown during the previous week's show. God, I hope this is true. Can anyone who is smarter about Memphis wrestling confirm that this angle happened? I hope that's true because that's spectacular. Really that beautiful. is. <laughs> if, if Lawler pulled that off, yeah, because that is <clears throat> unrelentingly yeah. great. Yeah, because because if you if you were talking about any other kind of promoter or, or the majority of promoters, you'd think it's absolutely bullshit because they wouldn't be able to do it. But because it's Lawler, <laughs> oh yeah, Lawler, because it's Lawler, not that, yeah, exactly. Not only because like, could Lawler pull it off? Like, would he want to pull it off? Yes, most certainly could. Could he pull it off? It's Jerry Lawler in Memphis. Man, that guy—he's called the king for a fucking reason, man. He ran that place, so I could fully believe he just goes, "All right, boys." Like he's on first name terms. He knows who they're married to and how the kids are. You know, he's just say, "All right, go. can you just?" Well, like- I've met most of them down at the park. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just like he, I could completely see it. I could completely see working everyone just going like, "Yeah, let's let's, let's sort this out, lads." Come on. Uh, someone told the story about Dynamite Kid breaking his niece's kneecaps for insurance money. I know he did it with a hammer while her father held her down. I know she walks with a limp for the rest of her life. I know they did it because she was in a car wreck that didn't really hurt her, but I feel like I'm missing some details. But that's all it's left as. So Dynamite with the old uh, mafia hammer to the kneecaps. He's uh, also on the list for saying that he used to wake up his wife by putting a pistol to her head and pulling the trigger once her eyes opened. Then he would say, "One day it will be loaded." I have heard of the second one. That's true. I have yeah. heard of the second yeah. one being true. Yeah. Dynamite admitted it on like a, yeah. some fucking. Yeah. Well, no, was it the? What was, was it? Was it CNN or some fucking? When, it was when they did the Benoit thing, wasn't it? Yeah. And they interviewed yeah. Dynamite and Ben yeah. Dynamite was like, "Yeah, I used to. I did. Yeah, I held a shotgun to her and used. To, but it wasn't yeah. loaded. It was just a rib." Was it, oh, I don't know. This fucking guy was Ben Watt's hero! It wasn't in Bret Hart's book, was it? Uh, might was have been. I'm sure, I'm, sure might read been. It. I'm sure read it as well as heard it. Yeah, it's dynamite. I think he might have done it. I hold yeah. nothing past yeah. the guy. I, I definitely yeah. remember I anybody else think, true. As no. I've been told, the rottenest fucker that ever lived. <laughs> yeah, I also think he didn't admit to anything as well, though, so to yeah. perpetuate his own myth, yeah. so. Mm, and, and to be honest, if, he, if he's willing to like hold a shotgun to uh, his, his missus' head while she sleeps, I can. I don't know. It's not too much of a stretch for him to to uh, break the kneecaps. Break the kneecaps of his knees, really. Uh, my then person thinks that is quite a stretch. Yeah, I think it's a stretch. It's a stretch. It's only as terrible as both they both are. There is a difference between mm. having a perverse sense of humour and putting an unloaded gun against someone, as opposed to actually physically harming someone with a hammer. He did. Uh, well, I think mean, that's quite the jump. He was he was a sadistic bastard, though. Oh no, it yeah. is. It is. I, I I don't see it as somewhat just because he he, he did a, a terrible yeah, doesn't awful automatically prank, thing. Doesn't doesn't automatically lend credence to me that he physically basically attacked his niece with a hammer yeah. for insurance money. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I, I'm not, a piece of shit is, as much of a piece of shit as he is. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that the two correlate. Uh, the Rock looks to lay the smackdown on Trish Stratus. Which Bob Holly has said is true. Good for him. I'd I'd, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd, not, I'd, not that Bob Holly's all of a sudden <laughs> the fucking bastion of truth or anything like that, but yeah. still. 
In his book, he wrote about it. He's an ex-Jesus. Clark on this page says apparently he did, in fact, in his book allude to the affair, which he said that Trish was getting a special treatment due to her relationship with Rocky. Yeah. Wouldn't be shocked. Who'd all do it? Uh, Sable used to live in a trailer park before she met Mero. They have a bogus how we met story that they tell everyone. The truth is he met her while he was in WCW and on the road at a strip club. She was a stripper who offered extras for a price. Mero was impressed with the service and asked for her to come on the road with him. She did. Mero didn't have any interest in making it a serious relationship though. He just wanted a regular piece on the road with him. So he started pimping her out to the boys a little bit. I know of at least five of the guys who took Mero up on it before she got pregnant. When she got pregnant, Mero was a part-time Christian, did the honourable thing and married her. Once the pregnancy was handled, Sable continued to bang the boys, but this time it was done without Mero in the know. She's apparently really into three and four way dances with her in a handicap match of sorts. By the way, she tells the boys they can't wear condoms because she's allergic to them. I know one guy suggested lambskin, but she wouldn't allow it because she's a vegan. <laughs> the guy then said, You don't have to eat it. <laughs> That's a wonderful story. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> I think maybe the first part of it that, like. I hope Brock Lesnar never hears us say it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> My name's. Car, um, yeah, because maybe the first this, this kind of story, like you see the seeds of it being true, like m- maybe met in a strip club, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But then from there, it kind of falls downhill for me. But like, why would you take your rat on the road with you? That's just that doesn't make any sense. I'll say, I'll say, possibly. I don't know. Maybe embellished for comedic effect. Partial, it's, it's partial weird, truth. Cause, cause partial truth. Yeah, it's, it's weird because of all like the kind of demons that have been, you know, commented on on, on the. Promiscuity. Uh, Sable's not been one that I've heard much about. To be honest with you, yeah. Sable's scared of Brock. Well, yeah, I have of, heard. Even before uh, she was banging Brock, I, I, I don't remember ever hearing stuff like this. I've heard from someone who met her in 1998 that the way that she would get people to shake hands is they would, she would stick their hand down her top and grab her boob. Wish I'd met her. Oh. Yeah. And Mero apparently was right there, like, you know, pissed off while this was going on. So gives a shit. I don't know if this is true, but it's what I was told. It's a good story. Yeah. Great story, isn't it? That's how she would shake hands, apparently. God, Here's my tip. A- Ahmed Johnson did a lot of coke around 96 at the height of his WWF pay. <laughs> Shocking as that is. Uh, I don't think I have to tell you that Chris and Tammy enjoy their fair share of nose candy. Jesus. That's right, they're back. <laughs> Once they had... Here we go. Once they had blown through their cash but were still jonesing, they got desperate. They asked Ahmed for an eight ball on credit. He laughed and said, black people don't believe in credit, but we can barter. Chris asked what he wanted and Ahmed nodded in her direction. Chris looked at Tammy, who shrugged before he said, well, hey, don't hurt her, okay? So like 20 minutes later, Ahmed finishes and Tammy leaves the room with a tiny paper envelope. Instead of going back and using it with Chris, who was in the room freaking out, she did it with Shawn Michaels and spent the night in his room. A few hours later, a frantic Candido starts banging on Ahmed's door. Ahmed answers the door and uh, Candido asks, is Tammy here? Ahmed said he doesn't know because she left hours ago. Candido immediately abandons his search and says, well, did she take the dope with her? The next morning, he still hasn't seen Tammy, so he goes up to the front desk, where he runs into Shawn Michaels in the lobby. Chris walks up to Candido and pushes his nostril clothes, sniffs, and says, Thanks for the bump, Chris. <laughs> Chris asked where Tammy was, and Shawn said, She's probably back in your room now. Candido stormed up to see her, got in a big argument, went to the building, and quit on the spot. The agent told him he couldn't quit without a written notice, so Candido picked up a booking sheet, flipped it over, and wrote, I quit Chris Candido. And that was the end of his career. Another fantastically extrapolated story. Yeah. The detail is immense. The detail is amazing, which makes me want to think it's true. To me, it's what makes me think it's bullshit. Who could possibly know all those rigours of this story? The only two people who could say that story is Candido himself, 
who has to have been there for every part of the story. Actually, or, shit, yeah, you're right. Fuck, he's or, conscious. Again, the yeah, the the detail as good of a story as this is, and as elaborate as it I is, it's one of those. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's, really, it's, it's it? one of those again. Sunny right. <clears throat> shagged Ahmed. I can believe that. Do you think? Oh. there was there was coke involved. I can believe that. She said she shagged Sean later that night. Possibly true again. But to n- know all these details. Mm. Uh, one conveniently placed like a waiter or yeah. bellboy, busboy. I just imagine though that the, the true part of the story is that you know as Candido's leaves the room, Sonny's undressing, Ahmed's sitting on the bed, the door closes as Ahmed starts to chant, You go Come down <laughs> <laughs> she, took, she took the Pearl River plunge. <laughs> Odog on WrestlingForum.com says he loves this story, particularly when Chris walks up to Candy sorry, when Sean walks up to Candido and pushes his nostril close sniffs and says thanks for the bump, Chris. It's so epic. For some reason I love reading about and listening to stories of drugged up asshole Sean Michaels. But I'm not sure even this can be considered being an asshole. Those are the words of a fucking savage, and whether true or not, the idea that it's entirely possible is one of the reasons I love Sean Michaels. <laughs> So uh, there you go. He's, yeah. uh, I don't think I love Sean, but I don't think he had the balls to do that. To be honest, to Candido, I can see really because because he, he get the guy fired, right? This is a '96 yeah. when Sean's top guy. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. He, I reckon yeah, he would. Yeah, what, what the yeah. fuck's Candido going to? Powerful at that point, but Candido. I see. I see. I see. Sean as like you know that as the coward though. He'd do yeah. it and they'd laugh about it yeah. with, the, with the boys, but to his face, it's the two of them. Mm. Yeah, he, I don't think he'd say it's, shit. It's not, it's not like you would have said that and then just stood there waiting for a retort. It, it's, it definitely comes across like he says it and then freaking not runs, but you know, he just kind of says it and goes straight away. Like he didn't just hang around I to, imagine to, to, him muster, to muster the air afterwards. Oh, I imagine him doing his dance straight afterwards. <laughs> but it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a funny thing like how many of these, uh, these uh, Candido Tammy Stories going about of oh. like you know Tam- Tammy offering herself up for drugs. It's what? just it's just a, there definitely seems to be something there at least because there seems to be a common theme. <laughs> what's, what's there is they both like drugs and she likes the dick. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back in college, Stephanie McMahon would take a limo with her girlfriends to New York City and hit all the clubs where she should pick guys up, fuck them in the limo, and kick them out in the middle of nowhere and drive off. There are stories of Steph being a bit of a wild college girl. She, uh, she doesn't reliable folks a, such as Bruce Pritchard have told. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> she doesn't strike me as the most promiscuous of individuals. I, I could imagine, you know, sort of stuck up Stephanie around a bunch of rich friends, you know, inviting some some guys into the limo who think they're going to get lucky and then kicking them out somewhere at a club. You know fucking moron sort of thing as if we touch you type of thing but I don't, I don't think that happens I mean, yeah, where, where does this rumour come from yeah, who, who, who's, who's there to verify this that driver again yeah. Jim Stewart you yeah. bastard <laughs> <laughs> one of the bushwhackers once entered a shower and put his mouth around Adrian Adonis's dick when Adrian jumped the bushwhacker said blew your gimmick mate which is the, the most genius double pun I've ever seen in my life from a bushwhacker <laughs> definitely true <laughs> that's yeah. gotta be true just because yeah. it's so fucking brilliant yeah. blew your gimmick mate <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a rumour that on occasion Lawler was known to pay the boys with food stamps. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's the TNA front office. Jazzy Jeffers on the UK fan form says the one about Lawler paying the boys with food stamps must be where TNA got their business model from. <laughs> so you're thinking the same uh, wavelength here. Yeah, 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 yeah I've, I've heard that Memphis pay was uh, not exactly the best. Yeah. Was it $40 a night was the standard. Uh, Foley talks about it a lot in his book, he even decided to use it in that promo when he's beating up um, Jarrett around the asylum, which I always loved. I did him just kicking the shit out of Jarrett while he's saying, This is where you work, but this is where I starved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see. It. I mean, again, Jerry, he's going to have his connections, hook up to some, you know, 
stamps on the, on, on the DL. Yeah. I can yeah. see this, definitely. They didn't even pay for them. Yeah. Uh, remember back in the final days of the ministry when Vishnu was tearing up the jobber circuit left and right? His abrupt firing shocked fans, but I remember reading the real story of why he was fired. I don't remember exactly, but it went something like this. So we've got a credible base for the story, at least. <laughs> it was before a live taping of Monday Night Raw and Big Vis hadn't been seen all night. Vince is in his office doing paperwork when Shawn Michaels busts in, which was odd because at this time Michaels wasn't even on the active roster. He was still playing, again, another hole in the story. <laughs> he was still playing up his neck injury angle at the time, his back injury. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Michaels busts in and tells Vince he just saw Viscera on the hood of a limo snorting the longest line of cocaine he'd ever seen in his life. This had to be a big freaking line because you have to assume Michaels had seen some big ones in his life. <laughs> Vince is outraged instantly. Before he can say anything, Viss walks in coked up out of his mind. Michaels then proceeds to just say, ain't that right Viss? And Viscera in his cocaine voice replies, yeah, that's right, sure. <laughs> Vince stands to his feet and tells Viss he's fired on the spot. So he's back to the third ring of hell, Memphis Wrestling. <laughs> Why the fuck would Viscera walk into Vince's office? Because it's just the perfect place for him to get fired. Oh, <laughs> checkmate. Because <laughs> he was on coke? I don't know. Even Surely there's even... enough reason for this guy to be fired out to concoct yeah. such a story, you know? And what... Why exactly would Vince give a shit where Viscera is, really? Another one here. Mabel gets everyone kicked out of a diner after telling the waitress he wanted her luscious pussy lips on a plate. That's a fair request. You can kick everyone out for that though, would you? Who's gonna kick out a bunch of wrestlers at a fucking diner? And someone the size of fucking those, those marines from Syracuse. Oh shit, they're back. Yeah, through the door. <laughs> Tune Attack on the UK fan form says this one is my favourite, even though it's clearly bullshit. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, on the on the Shawn Michaels one. Paul Roma supposedly did favours for Pat Patterson, which resulted in the young stallions, chuckle, getting a push. <laughs> he didn't get pushed that fucking hard. Although he did appear in far, uh, in, in far more prone to spot than you'd expect a job a tag team to, uh, to do. They survived in 87. They did indeed. Uh, yeah, so not sure about that one. I'm going to lean towards no. It seems like a... Uh, well, who did he blow to get in the horseman? Oli. <laughs> Bob, Bob Ryder? Well, Bill Watts has, has uh, come out and said that he wants uh, let a man service him. Really? When he was a football player, yeah. No. Bill Watts, the cowboy. No. Yeah. When did he say this? In uh, recent, recent years. He basically did an interview saying that, you know, he was, it, was, it was a very anti-predatory uh, homosexual in the college football system type of thing where he was offered a scholarship if he would, uh, you what, know... What? What, you didn't go to college at Penn State. I was, was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know about that. Was Was the other person wearing the hood? Fucking <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell, oh, Carl. <laughs> Awful. Uh, the WF was in between shows at the local airport and the wrestlers were waiting by the baggage collection bay and, and Bradshaw decided to dick around and push Blackman onto the moving luggage belt. Blackman turned around, unflustered, and planted a crescent kick flush on Bradshaw's jaw and knocking him out clean, picked up his bag and walked on. Oh, please. Please be true. This is another one that uh, Bob Holly has verified and oh, said he was there for. Please be true. It's apparently true. Beautiful. Did uh, Blackman get heat for using Sean's finish? <laughs> Should he have? He should have. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to get to a few now that weren't actually on the sleaze thread. Uh, you can actually find these days on the Angel Fire website. There were some great stories that uh, were on the DVD message board at the time that uh, have been written in here. And one of them is... Alex Wright on the UK fan forum says Jim Duggan inventing a dildo blender 
where he places a dildo in a blender at high speed and shoves it up the woman's vag. I can just imagine him in the process of creating it, pulling all his signature Jim Duggan facial expressions oh. before giving a big thumbs up and yelling ho when it's finished. It's certainly not on the website you linked, but I definitely remember it's, uh, seeing it on the DVD message board. Chardcore on the UK fan forum says, I definitely remember this entry on the forum 10 years ago. I believe someone even made a sig of the uh, dildo blender that was used on here for a while. Jew uh, on uh, the F4D board says, Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the dildo blender. Which sounds like a Harry Potter film. <laughs> <laughs> Technico support on the DVD message board says, Hacksaw Duggan doing MacGyver on a food processor and a dildo is the craziest shit imaginable for many, many reasons. Uh, I, I wish I still had the dildo blender JPEG. Uh, it was some fine work. I could try and reproduce it, but that would be like Da Vinci trying to redo the Mona Lisa. And uh, <laughs> don't ever sell it, judge for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there are on the DVD uh, VR message board says the dildo blender should be an entire episode. Don't care if it's not true. That was the best thing to come from the thread. He should have done it in Legends House. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd have watched I, the I dildo blender. I just do not think Haxor has the. Uh, the Mental. skills yeah. to do this. I, yeah. I concur. Yeah, it would, it would have just been a plank of wood. You think so? Yeah. Plus, there's all kind of you know health and safety. Uh, it's got to be pack tested because it's electronic. Mm. I just don't yeah. think these checks and balances or the actual plan could have been yeah. conceived by exactly. Jim Duggan. Yeah. You can't switch on a blender without having the top on, which just, you know is against the point of the dildo being in there. Hmm. Interesting. I was wondering, was it Ernie made out of the two by four that he carried? Around? <laughs> uh, Ernie predates the, the two by four. I think the two by four was offcuts. Offcuts. Yeah. <laughs> Although, actually, speaking of of wooden implements, there is a story that Saturn told on his shooting to about using moppy on a woman. It wasn't Terry Runnels, was it? <laughs> no, I don't think it was. But he actually put the condom on on the mop. Oh right. And oh, used that on the woman. Oh. And Vince McMahon. I thought you meant you he mopped up afterwards. No, Saturn told Vince the story, and Vince dragged Saturn into a production meeting and got him to tell the story to everybody because Vince loved it so much. That I can say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I completely believe that. Saturn ever being with a woman, I cannot. Mm, okay. This is actually a, a whole separate podcast of Raven Saturn shenanigans that went on <laughs> that were, were, were great. I think there's one as well. I like, do that then. <laughs> Raven had like a, there was like an instrument that they used that they loved where they had, like, it was like a chin strap with a deal with Ernie on the top of the head. <laughs> Think Rick Steiner's headgear, folks, with a with yeah, a yeah, with a knob yeah. on the top. And the idea was that they had like a stripper on the hotel <laughs> in the hotel, oh, and they they had a fifty foot slip and slide that they like covered <laughs> water and Raven tried to do a running dive fifty feet to get to get the bullseye, and they couldn't pull it off. Apparently, they flooded the hotel uh, the floor. <laughs> and there's also another story where uh, Kidman wore the rhino, as they called it, <laughs> and uh, and Satin and Raven did a leg in the wing into a woman. With the rhino. Oh, I wonder what the new day I've got up to with Wyatt Sheepmask on the UK fan form says James Mitchell said in his shoot interview that he used to film himself fucking fat black lesbians and show the videos to the boys backstage. James Mitchell is, in fact, a big comedy porn, home porn nut. It's, this is true. He, he's outright, he's blatant about it. He doesn't care about anyone. He, he's happily sleazy. What do you mean comedy Porn. So basically, he, he was a big fan, not necessarily of, of filming home porn, he thinks that's boring, but he likes it when something funny happens. Like, in this case, the fat black lesbian was called Abdul the Butch. In his, <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Uh, their titles Rob Black wish he could have come up with. <laughs> There's another one where we had a woman dressed in the mortis suit. 
Which uh, I like how he keeps to the wrestling theme. This is I like that. Oh yeah, it's all in jokes. It's all in jokes. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what. I'll, wistfully. If, if, if you like this stuff, get the get. The, I can recommend the uh, the Raven Sandman shoot interview and the Jim Mitchell one. You'll love yeah. the Mitchell one, Kieran. I'll, I'll have to get you a copy of that. Nostalgia Nonce on the UK fan forum says one of my favourites and I think it was on the forum discussing it but not in the thread itself uh, was the one about Ted DiBiase not taking no for an answer from the night receptionist resulting in Dusty Rhodes knocking him out slinging him over his shoulder and walking off with a keep watching the WWF ma'am <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's true or not he says yeah, it's a good story, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say no to this one yeah. Yeah. just because I can't I can imagine this <laughs> okay. saying keep watching the NWA <laughs> yeah while he's working for the WWF. Tuna Taco on the UK fan forum says there was also another hilarious one on the original thread of Don Callis, of all people, wearing a championship belt backstage at some indie show, fingering his arsehole, screaming, I'm the champ. <laughs> this is what the internet's come to in 2005 at the time, you know? Why? <laughs> Noid on TPWW forum. This might be the one that actually I find the most popular. Maybe even more so than Stephanie McMahon. Chris Benoit invented the triple German suplex back in the 80s. Steve Strong, who was the trans-Canadian heavyweight champion, was a real dick about it backstage. So one day before a match with Benoit, Beef Wellington jacked off all over the back of the belt before he put it on. Once the match began, Strong's belly was so sticky that Benoit couldn't get his arms off until the third suplex. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> <Not> fucking dribbles. Who <laughs> 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 comes up with the story? Noid, <laughs> Noid, he was a gem on the board. Says Beef Wellington's semen is apparently Acme super glue. If he just done Rod Van Dam's belly, do you think Van Dam would have hit the five star without flopping around for a minute afterwards? <laughs> if only he was still around, he could have lent some to Dolph Ziggler to stop him bouncing around so fucking much. <laughs> Beef Wellington's sperm could have prevented Dolph Ziggler from going into SCG's room 101. <laughs> Good stuff. I can't, I can't say I believe that one's true, personally. I'm going to have to say no. But A for effort. A for effort. Suplex Sin on the UK fan form says, On the whole, some are so vague, they don't really mean anything. JBL buggering newbies in the showers crops them a bit, rarely substantiated. Is it true? Does it matter? Camera phones and social medias put an end to such rampant debauchery. That's why this lot seems so dull. Never any proper scandal. And at Norcross RD on the F4W board says, I like how in the middle of all this sleaze, there's just one random rumour of Hulk Hogan facing Zeus at WrestleMania 6. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rams on DVDVR also says, Hogan and Zeus being considered for this seems possible too. It seems like something a coked up Vince would think makes great sense. That'd be great. It's like, we did this a couple of years ago. We could talk about, wow, do you hear the rumour that uh, Hogan had sex with Bubba Lovespun's wife? Oh, yeah. yeah. We would have been really ahead of the curve. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really ahead of the curve. Was that not on the uh, on, on the forum? Sadly not. Damn. Again, this was ten years ago. So, yeah. so we're going to wrap up what has been a uh, a deluge of, uh, of filth and, and questionable uh, antics in the wrestling business with the words of Paul Reeves, who wrote in and said, Pablo. It's all true. Every last word on that glorious page is gospel truth without exception. That is what pro wrestling is to me. The sleaziest elements of being a carny, a rock star, and an elite athlete all rolled up into one big anecdote that everyone disputes on the playground. I saw a BBC documentary on WWE the other week where people like Sami Zayn mapped out their lifestyle 
like they were a member of the Disney Club and I fucking hated it. I don't want to know that they spent two hours a night on the phone to their wife and family. Real wrestlers never call their families. As soon as they're finished in the ring, they celebrate with two moonshines and a prit stick. <laughs> they then do something sexually weird like bugger a fox because they've done so much weird pro wrestling sex stuff that normal sexual activities can no longer even semi-stimulate them. Then, <laughs> then when they get chased out of whatever territory they've debauched upon, their next job is invariably negotiated by whipping out their hog to a secretly gay, so therefore sexually deviant promoter. I hate the mod- <laughs> I hate the pun product so much, and a lot of that is because of the destruction of the myth of what goes on on the road, as well as the unbridled access from social media clearly driving less antisocial behaviour from our world, be- from our would-be heroes. The Angel Fire page that managed to save that list is sacrosanct. <laughs> Pabai's pissed there's not enough drugs, sex and deaths in wrestling yeah, anymore. Apparently so. Apparently so. But uh, I want to thank everybody for your comments and, uh, and for indulging us in this uh, laugh around the open table about the Sleaze Third and Wrestling Urban Legends. We hope you had fun. We had a lot of fun around the table doing it. And we will be back here at SCG Radio next week for what I promise will be a far more analytical show uh, than this. I think in honour of Ricky and Robert, this is a song to end the show with. Thank you very much one more time for Carl Jones. Showered so much dirt and grime. For G. John Chase. Yeah. And for Kieran O'Rourke. Why is this oaken tail made of glass this week? <laughs> I am Lee Mo Walk and we are out of here. Talk to you next week!